Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This one's going to be about more details coming out about a new engine potentially or an update to the engine. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. When you're there, hit subscribe and the bell button or the join button uh, to support me directly. That's always an option. You can also use Patreon. Go to sntrpresents.com and you can use the Patreon. Now listen... I know people don't like when I say told you so or I predicted this, but this is something that has been a big, big, passionate topic for me. And I've been hammering away at this for a while that I believe, I believe there is a significant engine update coming, whether it's an update to the Tiger engine or a completely new engine. I have been making these predictions for a while. I am not trying to like do the whole toot my own horn, clap myself on the back. I know people get tired of that, but in this situation, I was, I was very, very much early on saying that I thought there were breadcrumbs being dropped on the floor with respect to a new engine. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through those breadcrumbs, and then I'm going to talk about new details that were outlined by another YouTuber. And then I'm going to also touch on, is old gen getting left behind? Because that's part of the speculation that's going on right now. So first, breadcrumbs. What are some of the breadcrumbs that were leading me to this theory and these ideas about an engine update of some sorts? First and foremost, the removing of content in mass quantity when Destiny 3 was supposed to launch looked to me like the beginnings of most of this game is not coming over because it's being ported to something new. I looked at that and I thought that seems kind of sus, not in a bad way, in a good way. That seems kind of suspicious. Around the time that D3 was supposed to launch, you guys are removing a significant amount of content from the game. Also, you pair that breadcrumb with the fact that they are temporarily removing the Prophecy Dungeon for a technical update and then bringing it back in. To me, looks and feels like they are doing something along the lines of updating it or porting it for the new engine tech I, that, that's that's just something to me that that feels like okay you're taking this out and bringing it back to update it what if they've already done that to the planets that are staying as well as the ones that are leaving bringing back destiny one content regularly needs background technical change I don't think that Bungie would suddenly sign up to say, we're going to do the Destiny Content Vault. We're going to bring back the greatest hits from D1. I don't think that they would do that unless there was something that changed in the background about the technical aspects of the game that enabled them to do that. I happen to think maybe even the moon was their first dipping of their toe and seeing if it would work or not because the moon wasn't even supposed to land when Shadowkeep landed. It was supposed to be the Dreadnought and we got the moon instead. All of a sudden, the D1 space comes back, okay? And it's been significantly updated and essentially rebuilt. Footage in the stasis trailer with physical movement of the shanks of the players and of the independent physical movement of the ice to me seemed to look like an engine level update. It didn't look like post-processing or an increased frame rate or an increase in resolution. The movement of the objects looked different and there was an increase in fluidity. Okay, that to me, again, you pair all this together, it's like something's coming. 
Also, more recently, when they talked about Xbox Game Pass, they used the language, a new version is being built and launched on Xbox One X. Saying that there's a new version of the game being launched, I believe, is a where there's smoke, there's fire situation. Feels to me like we can kind of piece all these breadcrumbs together to say they're doing something pretty significant to the engine. And then in walks a YouTuber who says... I, he was on something in September of last year, like an eight-hour conversation with Luke Smith. The YouTuber is asked across, makes a video where he quotes Bungie as stating, things will need to be removed and rebuilt and recoded from the ground up. Planets will be removed so that that can happen. Now, I don't have to be an expert in engine design and in game design to know that if you're removing things and rebuilding them from the ground up, that to me sounds like either a significant engine update or a new engine. Why would you need to completely rebuild planets? That doesn't make sense. Now, if they didn't say take them out to update them or add things to them, but rebuilding, recoding, these are the language, this is the language and the words that he used, and I think it's trustworthy. His big quandary was, why aren't they talking about this? They keep saying they need to make space in the game. That's the reason they cite for taking content out, taking planets out. He's like, it's actually bigger than that. I believe when you look at the Prophecy Dungeon being removed and then put back in, that's a microcosm of what they've already done to EDZ, Nessus, The Moon, Dreaming City, Tangled Shore, and Europa. I believe they've all been built with this new update in mind. Again, it could be a significant engine update or a brand new engine. They're, when they remove the forges from the EDZ, they're going into the DCV as well. That, to me, was another indication that we're going to have a pre-Black Armory EDZ in the game. The version of the EDZ that we're going to have, I believe, is going to be a ported version, an updated version, and they probably started working on the source code of the EDZ before Black Armory. My theory is that their plan for D3, before they broke with Activision, was to bring over a significant number of assets to bolster D3's launch. I believe they were going to keep the EDZ and Nessus especially. They tended to be the more popular planets, and those those, those rebuilding processes probably started a long time ago to get ready for the D3 launch. Eventually, they decided there's literally no way we can launch a D3. It makes more sense now that we've done all this. If we're going to be reusing so many assets from D2... Why not just continue with D2? That requires a breach of contract with Activision, so they break from Activision to do their own thing, and now we're on this pathway where that is, I believe, the trajectory for the game. A significant engine update or a brand new engine. And it seems, again, that the moon might have been... It might have been the, 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 the first step in this idea of we can bring D1 content in there. They also said, according to according to uh, Cross, they're looking into updating areas to allow more players to be in them. They would like to go, uh, you know, into a more MMO feeling game. They would like to update some of these areas. Now, I don't know if that means dedicated servers. Again, that would require technical level updates to the game in order to do that. I believe everything he said in his video lines up perfectly with all the breadcrumbs that I've been kind of piecing together, trying to kind of read the tea leaves here to say, I think something significant is coming with respect to the actual engine tech itself, but what does that mean for old gen consoles? So let's talk about it. Does this mean that Xbox One and PlayStation 4 are set to get left behind? 
I'm going to say yes, but not yet. That's going to be sort of my going theory and answer, and I have a couple of reasons for that. Number one, that would be announced very soon, if not already. If they were planning with Beyond Light to leave behind Xbox One and PlayStation 4, that would already be announced. If not, it's going to be announced. It's got to be announced very, very soon. Okay. The other hang-up there is we don't have official launch dates for Xbox One and PlayStation 5, so people cannot even plan accordingly. If you're presently playing on an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, you have no way to plan around that, so I think, yes, they will be eventually left behind, but my theory is it will happen with Witch Queen. I believe they're going to let an entire year pass, get the consoles in circulation. Once people start seeing that the Xbox One and PlayStation 5 versions have a significant uptick, look better, look awesome, I think this new engine update is actually only going to affect PC and the new consoles and I think that's going to be one of their ways to try to get you to jump over they're going to want to be in that Rise of Iron situation when they launched Rise of Iron and they said they were leaving behind the 360 and the Playstation 3 they said only 10% of our community is actually still on those consoles exclusively so they felt they were well within their right to do it I believe they're going to let that year pass and they'll boot old gen off the table when the Witch Queen launches in September of 2021 I don't think you can continue utilizing the old-gen consoles, building on them, adding to them, or, as we've theorized up to this day, and I think we even kind of have some confirmation that there will be engine updates, I don't think you can do that on the old tech, on the old systems. I think Stasis is potentially going to be a frame rate nightmare on the 360. I'm sorry, on the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I think all those Stasis effects and the ice explosions and all that, I think it's going to be a frame rate nightmare on those old consoles if you remember wrath of the machine wrath of the machine anytime there were effects in the area like on the bridge the fire and the smoke frame rate got utterly tanked environmental effects rain on titan tend to cause significant frame rate issues in this game so i'm worried i'm worried that people on the old gen consoles are going to feel like they really got kind of a raw deal here maybe there'll be different versions of the ice effects and how it looks in the world and they'll dumb some of that down so I, at this point, am, go- am, am really feeling my theories have been in some respects validated and confirmed that at the very least, there will be a significant engine update to Destiny in Beyond Light, and this is based on actual information that came from Bungie to content creators about planets needing to be rebuilt uh, from the ground up, and I believe that's what's happening with the dungeon. We have all the breadcrumbs we need to see. Something pretty big is coming. As with all of my content, we're going to transition to Q&A and VIP call-ins. If you want to be a part of that, go to sayno2rage.com, click join, pick one of those tier members. If you're here live right now, stick around. That's what we're switching to next. Click the subscribe button, click the bell button, and as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my video about the potential of a new engine or an engine update coming. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, you can always watch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. You can click subscribe and the bell button. Uh, You can also click the join button to support me directly. If you'd rather use Patreon instead of doing that, you can go to SNTRPresents.com. Dot com and pick between those levels of patron there. Uh, that enables you to take part in these Q&A sessions or the VIP call-ins. So the first question coming in from Rain the Dark. Good morning, Lono. Seeing as Beyond Light is adding stasis, which has the ability to create actual platforms you can use, it definitely seems to be an upgrade on the engine. But can this engine upgrade potentially hurt current-gen systems? Yeah, I want to take this question in two parts. Um, this is an observation that I don't think I've made enough because I, 
there really is a lack of creating physicality in the game right now. Most of what we create or summon or build, it's not actually there. Now, I know there was a time where you could put down the rally flags and stand on them, but they've taken that away for some reason. I'm not really sure why. So to a certain extent, it seems like they can do it. I think the sword is really there in the in the in the in the well of radiance because I think you can blow yourself up uh, by shooting it. So, but the fact that we're creating large objects that are attaching themselves to the sides of walls that then can be jumped on, I do think that has to require some level of a technical update. I don't necessarily know if that's all. If we can immediately jump to engine update when we see that, I think that's one piece of a bigger puzzle that does start to look like an engine update. You remember that show where they would slowly remove tiles and you would see images that when you pronounce the images, it'd be like bum, bum, bowl, a bum and a bowl and a bee, bumblebee, right? Remember that show? I forget what that show was called. Uh, That's what I feel like we're kind of doing. Piece by piece, we're seeing things that are forming a bigger picture and this is one of those pieces by itself i do not think this is the oh yeah we're definitely 100 percent getting a new engine um that oh it's catchphrase thank you tank for clicking the join button uh no it was concentration yeah it was concentration thank you tank for clicking the join button enjoy the emotes and the perks in discord uh our first new member of the day our first new member of the day thanks for clicking join so just like removing the planets or removing the dungeon by itself those are not strong enough arguments when you piece them all together and then you watch Astacross's video it's like oh gosh yeah they must be doing something rebuilding planets why would you be rebuilding planets if you're not doing a significant technical update to the game's engine so now to the second part of your question I think an important and very valid question. What does this mean about the current gen systems? I, I actually, uh, I mentioned earlier, I said to the Patreon, sorry, name change here. Oh, no worries. Um, I couldn't fit into the question, but the individual particle effects even look more detailed, which also has me wondering about it as well. I mean, that's the observation I made that day. I don't know if you were here or not. The day that trailer went live, I started breaking it down and people thought I was crazy. They're like, Lono, this is not a new engine. It's just higher frame rate, right? It's just higher frame rate, higher resolution. It's post-processing to make the trailer look dope. I'm like, no, 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 no. There is an individual inner, like there's an individual independence of each of the ice items movement. It's, it's not a canned animation. There's something else going on, Right. Oh, you were there. You talked about the VIP con. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right, so if you take that and everything else, I think it paints a pretty big picture. Now, I think that's really relevant to the second part of your question. What about current-gen systems? Are they even going to be able to show that? Are they going to get like a dumbed-down version of the of the ice animations and stasis? Yo, another new member, Parabellum Life. Thanks for clicking join. Welcome. Enjoy the emotes and perks in Discord. Thank you so much for supporting the channel. Um, and somebody says five more likes. I believe in y'all chat. Get there. You and I talked about the individual ice effects and the movement of the shanks. Yeah, the movement of the shanks as well. That could be something that you don't see on the old gen systems. Think about it like this. They said, we just hit 500 likes. Thank you. They said that there was going to be 
uh, there there is going to be I'm sorry a new version launching on the Xbox Series X that to me means you don't get that version on the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4 so you're going to be playing I would con- I would think a more subdued version of the game your ice animations they'll probably just remove all those extra particles they'll be more basic they'll be more toned down um I joined through Patreon earlier just linked my YouTube and Discord to it uh I want them sweet emotes well you can't you can't do that ham if you're not a member here Patreon doesn't give you emotes Patreon and YouTube members are identical you get the same perks. The only difference is you got to be a YouTube member for emotes because Discord, Patreon can't dictate to YouTube to like grant you emotes. Um, so it could mean a version with graphic settings like FOV. Well, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think higher frame rate and FOV slider. We kind of knew that was coming because if you guys remember, they said they pushed out an update to make the settings menu, like when you go over here to settings, they made it match PC, they said, for a future update. Well, of course it's going to match because you're suddenly going to be able to pull higher viewership and have an FOV slider, probably, right? Um, look at the almighty event on console versus PC. Yeah, that's another, yeah, another good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally got back to work. Now I can afford a sub. Well, I appreciate that. The particle difference was insane. So yeah, we already have evidence that they have, they, they, they'll, they'll probably have different versions of those animations. Um, and, and those experiences. Because as I said in the talk, the fire and the smoke at siege en- at the siege engine in Destiny 1, the fire and the smoke, the rain on Titan, elemental effects, environmental effects tend to cause frame issues in this game. And so they're probably not going to want to push that too hard on Xbox One and on PlayStation 4. Um, they didn't mention an FOV slider, only 60 FPS. True, true, but I could still see them giving you an FOV slider with a cap, obviously. There'd be a cap of like 90, maybe to 100. Maybe you don't like that. Maybe you want to drop it down to 85. Some people don't like a really high FOV. There we go, Ham Sandwich. Thanks for joining. Uh, Enjoy the emotes, man. Thanks for clicking the join button. Three new members really close together. I appreciate that so, so much. Thank you, guys. So... You have more viewers in the top of the D2 directory on Twitch. Can't stop, won't stop. (laughs) <laughs> that feels good Xlandril with the next question are people mistaking the ray tracing in the stasis gameplay trailer as an engine upgrade the reason I don't think this is the proper or accurate diagnosis is because it's not just lighting it's physical movement the only rod I'm coming in with a new membership thank you man four people super close together thank you for clicking the join button enjoy the emotes and the perks in discord um It's not just the lighting, it's the movement. Ignore the ice effects for a minute and just look at the movement of the shanks. I just, there's something different there. I don't know, something about it. Um, So, and, and it's the movement of the ice particles. Imagine if I could recreate the scene and I could just remove the lighting and the textures from the, from the ice particles. Look at the way that they move. They all have like an independent trajectory. It doesn't look like a canned animation. There's one piece that like flips and comes over like the gun. Another person clicking the join button. Thank you, Nemesis. Five new members all back to back. Enjoy the emotes and the perks in the Discord. Um, 
so the re- I, there were a lot of people that did this they said oh it's the resolution lono oh it's the frame rate lono oh it's the ray tracing it's the it's the you know it's the lighting and i was like no it's not man no 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 there's something else going on there is a, there's a physical there's a smoothness and a fluidity to the movements that i don't think we see in the game right now um so now 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 I could be overstating it. Right? I could be. I could be. I could be. You know, seeing something that's not there. I know it's the first trailer they, they released at at 60 FPS. I know. I know. I know. But, but, I don't think that's it. It doesn't look like an increase just in frame rate. It, if it was just a frame rate issue, then movement and panning and scanning would look smoother. Frame rate doesn't necessarily make particle movement and the shank waterfall look more fluid. I play this game at 120, shanks don't move like that. I play it at double that fr- the, I play at double the frame rate of the trailer and I don't see that fluidity in the game right now. I don't. So, happy to see the members and viewers rising. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we need some overhauls. YouTube sent a great email last night. They were like, hey, we've made a bunch of great changes to the streaming infrastructure and all these new things for you. Uh, that, that's I'm very, very excited to see that they're doing that. I just hope they make um, re, re-upping your membership more of a celebration and more of a focus because we lost a lot of, not a lot, we lost about 50 or 60 people when we hit that 30-day mark. And I think a lot of people were just like, I don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? So, LL Brood. Good morning, Lono. With a high possibility of an engine update, do you believe that Bungie will be able to have and contain bigger and more chaotic enemies in one instance or room? The possibilities are endless, if so, uh, like many insurrections. See, this is something I didn't even consider. Because, you know, Astacross says, you know, they're even looking at putting more players in an area. We literally see in footage for B- for the Stasis trailer, we see three mini insurrection primes. I mean, that's a pretty big enemy to put all on top of each other. You know, there's not a lot of instances right now where people are, you know, there's like four or five ogres. Now, there are places where there's a couple of ogres close together, but by and large, when there's a really big enemy, they come one, maybe two at a time. There's three. And it wasn't just three, it was three in like a big open area. Now that could be, you know, that could be a sort of over, over analyzing it a little bit. You know, we could be, we could be, you know, picking it apart, picking it apart a little too much, but I do think, I do think that that could be another indication that they're making a, uh, a, an engine technical update of some sort, um, Unholy Taco Side says, The combination of ray tracing and higher FPS for the first time on a trailer can make it look more fluid between the lighting changes, but I think there's at most an update. I don't think the trailer is the evidence. I I guess my question to you, Unholy, why would that trailer look different than me playing at 1440-120? I play 1440 res, 120 frame per second. I never have a single frame drop except for like a few teeny ones on Titan. And my game doesn't look like that trailer. Oh, it's post-processing and ray tracing. I mean, I don't know if that adds physical fluidity to movement of objects. I feel like we're talking about different things, you know? Alex with a $20 tip. Love the channel. Recently developed a major uh, anxiety and your show helps a ton while at work. Keep up 
Keep it up, you frickin' frick. Well, thank you so much for the 20 spot using Super Chat uh, to send me a little tip there. That's very generous. And I appreciate that you enjoy the show every day. If you ever feel, you know, if, you're, if your anxiety is, uh, is that significant, I always encourage people to go talk to somebody. I see a therapist every other week. I've been doing it for two and a half years. My wife and I see them together now, see him together now. So always, always encourage people to remove that stigma. Getting help is a sign of strength. It is not a sign of weakness. There should not be a stigma. There's no stigma about going to the doctor if you have a broken arm. So there should not be a stigma about seeing a professional if you're having issues like that. So, um... Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I've seen slow-mo felt different. Oh, like you slow it down. You went through your first session yesterday. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Keep going. That's step one of a journey that's worth taking. Uh, I think about chaotic and different enemies whose only way to damage us is by satisfying a mechanic, many insurrections. Yeah, that too, maybe. Uh, Unholy says, ray tracing because it changes the lighting, it will make an object look more fluid because the lighting itself is making it to be perceived as more fluid. I think that's where we're probably just going to have to agree to disagree. I don't think lighting makes shanks move differently. There's no lighting effect on the shanks where they literally go through like a snake pattern. And right now, they're more like a dot-to-dot-to-dot pattern. You know those... um, You can get those toys where you, like, program it ahead of time and the little guy, like, goes into a... in, in like, a certain order of... uh, You know what I mean? And what Teddy is saying, there's more than just the trailer. There's multiple hints at an updated engine. Yeah. I don't rest my argument on one thing. I've I've started pulling all these pieces together because, as I said, when you look at all of them... It seems like something's going on. Um, Peter Iliac says, that's not correct. I played Control, that's a video, that's a game, Control, both with ray tracing and without. The difference is all light-based, not movement. I, I agree with that. I don't think it affects physical move. Like, the shanks are not having some weird shading lighting on them. They're not. They're, their movement is more fluid. They're literally going in a snake pattern, waterfall, and right now, they literally don't do that. That's how ray tracing works and why it has a big deal. I'm saying taking the trailer out, I still think there's an update. Okay. We just don't think that the... You don't find the trailer to be compelling, but there's other elements that you do think are compelling. Nagi. If D2 gets ported to a new engine, do you think that pushes D3 back even more and makes it superfluous? Well, I mean, Luke Smith's like, we're not even considered... We're not even planning on doing it right now. Now... He did not wipe it off the table. He did not say, absolutely, definitively, we will never make Destiny 3. He didn't say that. He said, right now, there's no plan to. That means it's on the table. It's just really unlikely. You know, I I, I don't think that they're... I don't think they want to close that door, you know, absolutely, in an absolute definitive statement. I think he's learned not to do that because he said that they were done with the stranger. Her story was resolved, and then now they're bringing her back. And he even kind of took a jab at himself. So, I, I don't think at this point they have any they have any reason to, uh, to, to do a D3 for the time being. They don't have a reason to plan it. I think you guys are getting your hopes up on the new engine thing, although I'd love for it to be the case. Well, I think a lot of the times, though, you guys are taking what I'm saying and only only interacting with one possibility. 
I've tried to very carefully every time, even in my intro, say a significant engine update or a new engine. There's got to be, I would think, some level of engine update coming if you are literally saying that you're they said this i mean this is ass across quoting them they're removing planets to rebuild and recode them from the ground up if anything that necessitates there's got to be some level of a change to the engine it doesn't have to be a brand new engine it could literally just be a huge update to make it better to make it easier for them to recreate d1 spaces you know why all of a sudden are they making new D1 spaces? Why they why they bring back the moon? Why are they doing that? I'm not saying, yep, it's going to be unreal. I'm saying, ah, there's going to be a pretty significant update coming if 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 they're re- literally rebuilding planets. Table JFK. Uh, bearing in mind that the current gen consoles have had issues with load time and frame rate. Do you believe a new engine will solve these problems on Xbox One PS4s that don't have the game on an SSD or will make things worse? Th- this is where I actually don't think they'll be getting the technical updates on the Xbox One and PS4. I don't think they'll be getting them. I think they probably have subdued versions of the stasis animations. Um, they're, they're probably not going to get to take advantage of that stuff. That's not how ray tracing works. He's wrong, says Akuta Papa. Ray tracing is simply a new form of lighting that is far more realistic than previous iterations. Ray tracing hardware does all the calculations of light bouncing off objects. It does not affect movement. I've been playing RTX games since uh, my 20, the 2080 Ti released. Yeah, I, I think more and more people are weighing in on the technical aspects of ray tracing and shooting that down as an explanation for physical movement looking different. Um... Given what Astrocross said about the summit and things that they have said, there's at least an ed- uh, there's at least an update, and the trailer could be evidence of it. But the trailer itself, due to the magic they do to trailers, I don't want to rely on that. I think that's fair. They could put some voodoo on the trailer, and that's not really a, va- a reliable source. You know, we know how trailers can have that that trailer voodoo. They make things look better than they're you know than they really are. Um. Oh, but yeah, to answer this question the table JFK is asking, I don't think Xbox One and PS4 are getting any of these updates that we're talking about. I don't. I think they're going to get, I think, because as they said, they're launching a new version of Destiny 2 for the Xbox Series X. You're not getting that on the on the Xbox One. You're simply, you just aren't. I think this is how they get people in mass to switch to the newer platforms. I, I would put money on the table that the marketing between now and November really starts to hammer away at what things are going to look like on these consoles. And, and listen, Microsoft has a vested interest in really, really getting behind Destiny and linking arms with Bungie after Halo Infinite got delayed into next year. They need a Play Anywhere, play it on the xCloud, you know... They need a they need a banner they need a banner game, and I think you're going to see more and more they're going to be coming out and being like, "Here's all the benefits you're going to get when you play our game on these new systems to try to get everybody to switch over." Uh, I think I think one of the reasons for that is right. I think one of the reasons for that is. Bungie's going to drop old gen with Witch Queen. I think that's when they'll do it. 
Pretty cool how every game developer and publisher got in a room and agreed to release all their biggest games in 2020, the same week in November. Destiny 2 Beyond Light, Yakuza, Cold War, AC Valhalla, and Cyberpunk. Well, I mean, uh, Cyberpunk's probably going to get another delay. Didn't it get another delay? Anyway. I think y'all are not giving enough credence to it being a new engine and not just an update. I bet Microsoft is behind it, hence Bungie letting D2 on Xbox Game Pass. I mean... I threw that theory out there a while ago and people thought I was crazy. I was like, Bungie works best when they have a development partner. There's all kind of signs pointing to Microsoft and Bungie working together. They've said all kind of things. Um, So, someone recently said Microsoft will buy Bungie as a rumor. Listen, Microsoft loves to scoop up indie, indie, indie studios right now. They love it. Speaking of Microsoft, they hired people from Bungie for a new mysterious AAA studio. That's what IGN tweeted out. There's all kind of smoke there, dude. Something's going on. Something's going on. James with the next question. Currently, my PS4 Pro will crash and turn off completely, as if I had a power outage, when placing a clan banner and taking the ammo. Do you think that the new engine will make the current-gen consoles obsolete? I mean... That seems kind of crazy. If this was happening to lots of people, I would think that it would be more talked about. This seems like maybe your system's having an issue. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Bungie has not even announced a PS5 version like they did with the Xbox Series X. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Why haven't they said anything about PS5? Um, time to reinstall the game. Yeah, this doesn't sound like a common problem. I don't think this is something that's happening to everybody. The, the largest, um, Destiny's largest uh, player saturation is actually on the PlayStation. So if this was happening, you know, consistently, I feel like this would be trending like everywhere <laughs> on Reddit, on the forums, on Twitter. People would be having all kind of problems. So I don't, uh, I don't think this is, um, so this is the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is like a thing worth really discussing. Noseworthy confirmed, uh, the same thing for PS five. That is true. He did, but it was kind of offhand, right? It wasn't like a big to do. It was like a, yes, this will be the same on PS five. I doubt Microsoft is behind this, especially the problems Microsoft is having with their flagship franchise in halo. No way they focus on destiny more than halo. Dude, three, four, three though is not, that's not Microsoft. The problems that Halo's having is not something related to Microsoft. That's a 343 thing. So I don't know, homie. I don't know. Let's just wait and see. Onalu says, Do you think that the DCV and many of the areas being vaulted, there's a good evidence of an engine update, specifically Crucible maps. With the addition of the stasis abilities interacting with our environment, it would make sense to only update the maps that are more beloved. This is another, another great breadcrumb. Yes. 343 is a Microsoft studio. Oh, okay. Microsoft's not working on the game was what I meant. Come on. Listen, I know I have some dumb moments, but I know that Microsoft owns 343. But 343 is still its own studio, and they're the reason that it's having problems. Microsoft's not like walking in the studio every day Microsoft owns a lot of studios and if a studio delays a game 
it's more on them than Microsoft. 343 employees have directly blamed Microsoft management because they have full control. Microsoft has a huge say in it. Well, that's extremely disappointing if that's actually true. I mean, I, I, I pictured it as like the EA Bioware situation where EA, yes, played a part, but Bioware mishandled Anthem from Jump. They, they mishandled it from Jump. I don't know. There, there's part of me that would think that there's a lot... Um, a lot of this is, is, is sounds like blame shifting. I feel like 343 is probably just as culpable and to blame here. Um, I don't know. Because when you read that super long, it was it was the longest article I think I've ever read about what happened with Anthem. It wasn't EA. It was BioWare. Um, they didn't blame Microsoft. They blamed the environment at 343. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, this is why I don't like getting caught up into this aspect of it. It's like, who's to blame? Who did it? Who's bad? Let's go read some Glassdoor reviews. All I'm saying is is that when a studio chokes, you can't go back and blame owners or, or the production companies, the people that are footing the bill. Um, Wheezy says, if anything, Microsoft is coming down to take control before because 343 is mismanaging. That was my point. That was my point. I wasn't trying to act like it's not a Microsoft studio. I was like, Microsoft's not the ones working on the game. 343 is. It's 343's baby. So... I could see that again. Go back to my original original point. They lost their flagship launch title. Halo Infinite is not launching with the Series X. So, what's a good second cousin to Halo and is is launching a crazy awesome thing that just so happened to get delayed to November? Hmm. Come on, man. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Phil Spencer says he can't wait to work on one of his favorite franchises with one of his favorite independent studios. Come on. Come on, Shelly. Come on. There's something there, dude. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying there's a potential theory that that X, Microsoft's going to have a vested interest into really, really shoving Destiny forward as a look at all the great things you can do with this game. So. Uh, oh, but sorry, I'm getting distracted. Onalu's question, I think, is a good question and a good observation. If they're having to port over and rebuild Crucible maps, same as the planets, then yes, you would strip down the the maps, which they're doing. They're removing a ton of maps. They're removing a ton of maps. So, yep, seems like it's a possibility that uh, they're they're you know they're also going to be seeing some some updates which again would be a breadcrumb and a hint not confirmation but a hint that there's some sort of an engine update uh, or engine or engine change coming so uh, we're also getting D1 Bannerfall not D2 Bannerfall yeah that's really really interesting that's really really interesting that's true Almost like they built a completely different version of the map. Mr. Han Brolo. A new engine will inevitably mean that the way guns act and react to us and in-game going is going to change. There will likely be micro-changes to how guns handle and feel and their respective time to kill. Do you think this will have an impact on the PvE or PvP meta? Um... 
I would think the most likely place where you would see this have a, have an effect would be hand cannons because of their recoil and their aim assist and bullet magnetism probably those and snipers um this was always the big question anytime we would talk about oh the game needs to move to unreal when we talked about d3 i was like new engine and dedicated servers are, are a must right we always said that and every time there was pretty consistent and i would say fair feedback that was like no that's going to you're going to lose the secret sauce. Destiny's not going to feel like Destiny. Destiny has a particular way of feeling. Um Now I don't know though Avenger if that means those those maps are being rebuilt. I think they're just listing the D1 maps separately, Bannerfall, Exodus Blue, Rusted Lands and Twilight Gap. I don't necessarily think that list indicates that they're rebuilding them. Oh, but Cauldron and Anomaly. Oh, that's a really, really good observation. Cauldron and Anomaly are listed down under Destiny 2. Could be a typo. It could be a clue. Yeah. Also, Convergence. Yeah. There are maps that are listed under Destiny 2 that are Destiny 1. So it could be that we're going to get the true D1 versions of those maps to come back. Those those particular four. Bannerfall, Exodus Blue, Rusted Lands, and Twilight Gap. Could be a typo. It could be a clue. It's, it's you know. Um, so, but yeah, to this question, uh, Mr. Hambrolo, this was always the worry that people had. Of If you go to a new engine, you're going to lose that Destiny feel. Destiny's gunplay, Destiny's movement, it just has a special secret sauce feel. I think it's one of the reasons that the game has done so well for so long because it's just it's just so so satisfying to play. Hanbrolo with another question. To what extent do you believe they're going to expand upon the MMO aspects of the game? Do you think a new engine will allow us to have upwards of 50 people in an instance for example? Well, you can't just presently right now if you just shove 20 people, let's just go with 20. 25. You just shove 25 people in Trossland, it's not going to work. It's going to look ridiculous. You would have to have those areas kind of blown out and made bigger. And I don't know how you do that. Why would there suddenly be, I don't know, less buildings or, you know, more open spaces? You just shove 25 people into, I mean, any of the areas if you think about it. Just go to any area on the on the on the planets that are staying. All of a sudden you got 25 people in Artifacts Edge on Nessus. It's like a box, it's a tiny little space. It would look absurd. They are taking planets away. Maybe when they come back it'll be explained. Right, that that that's true. That's true. It literally could be that when the planets return, they've been altered by the pyramid ships, they're bigger, they're different. There really isn't any public space big enough to accommodate that many people. Maybe some places on Nessus. Yeah, I mean, if you go into some of the larger areas like the Cistern, because it's so big and open, it's like this big, long coastline, but you get into these small areas down in the hollows, Exodus Black, Artifact's Edge, you know, Tangle's pretty big, but it's got a lot of verticality, Watcher's Grave, I mean, I don't know. 
Now, I will say that the moon feels like they've built it to accommodate more people. The areas just feel larger. It could be my imagination, but Archer's Line, Hellmouth, Sorrow's Harbor all feel like, yeah, you could drop 20-something people in those areas. So maybe the moon was built and built picked because they felt like, yeah, this is one of the first planets we would be able to increase player counts on um, in a given area. I don't know if this means your fire team can be bigger. So, you go to a Tangled Shore, too. I mean, my gosh. Like some of those areas are so small. There's not very big at all. Um, so, we'll see. I, there's two possibilities here. Let's just say that we're right. Let's just... For the sake of a thought experiment. For the sake of a thought experiment. Let's just say that we're right. And they are doing an engine update of some kind. Okay? They are doing an engine update of some kind. I believe there's two possibilities with the planets. There's possibility one. The EDZ, Moon, Nessus, Tangled Shore, and Dreaming City have all already been rebuilt and updated. They are ready to go. Okay? They're ready to go. Or... They're not going to get an update. The primary focus will be Europa. Europa will feel bigger, better, cooler. Maybe more people. Maybe they'll have literally an event. Maybe the seasonal activity will be there and have tons of people in it as an experiment. And then, as they bring planets back out of the DCV, they will, as Astacross said, have been rebuilt from the ground up to allow for more people to be on them. And then you'll see EDZ Moon Nesses slowly go out and then come back with the same treatment. There's two possibilities, and I think those are them. Either the planets that we're going to go to in November will all have already been updated for more space, more cool stuff, blah, blah, blah. Or the only planet that will feel that way and be updated and cooler, stronger, better, whatever, will be Europa. And then slowly planets will come back with all those hot, you know, those hot updates. I think it's far more likely... If we are in fact correct that the engine's being updated, changed, or whatever, if, if we're correct about that, it's far more likely EDZ, Moon, Nessus, Tangled Shore, and Dreaming City are going to be updated in November already. It would feel very odd and very backward to be like, well, the only planet really worth going to is Europa. Again, my theory is when they started trying to build Destiny 3, they made two decisions. We got to make engine tech better and more efficient or we'll never get ahead on on creating content. We'll never do it. It's too slow. It's too arduous. They made that decision. And the second decision they made was we need to bring over some of the some of the better planets and some of the assets to bolster D3 size so it doesn't feel super super scant and weak. And I think when they came to those two conclusions, they decided and said, "You know what? We're going to have to not do a D3, but expand on D2, and that means we got to break with Activision. That's my theory in the, in, the, in, the, in the thought progression at Bungie and what happened. Number one, need to update the engine. Need to be able to make content quicker. Number two, the only way we're launching a title effectively is by bringing assets over from D2. Conclusion, there's no way we can charge for a brand new game when bringing over significant assets and planets. We're going to have to just expand on D2. Number four, got to break with Activision. This is going to be a breach of the contract with them. They want a new title end of 2020. 
That's 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 the thought process I have in the progression of how I think it all went down. Dracus Pander says, "Hi Lono, how long ago would you would this process have to be started? Pre Activision split, tinfoil hat, but when Microsoft had met with Bungie behind their back." Love the shirt. Uh, thank you. I mean, I actually think this would have probably. I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say this. A lot of this probably started during the first year of Destiny. D- D- Destiny Two. I think during the first year of Destiny Two, they probably sliced off a team to start putting the bones together so that D Three could be a success. Because I think Luke Smith knew when D Two was launching, they were gonna. It was gonna be a disaster. I think he knew they were gonna spend a year picking the pieces back up and have another taken king moment and he probably said listen the only way he wasn't even in charge back then so it might not even have been him I mean he was in charge alongside of Noseworthy with D2's launch but like he wasn't game director yet he was one of the game director there was like two and they had different titles than what he has now he's like head honcho now um so I, I don't know they had a summit that Asacross went to during year two, which they, at the time, still had some ideas on how they were moving forward. I, yeah, I believe, I believe that at some point in that first year, they were like, we, we need, we need to figure out how to have a better launch. We've got to have, the, the, the dev tools and the tech needs to change. Um... He stopped working on D2 at launch, and then on to some, whatever came next. You really think he thought D3 would ever happen? Was the vision to always roll with D2? The vision was not to always roll with D2. The contract literally stipulated that we were to get another title this year. If they were to stay with Activision, they had to do that. Now, Lightleap theorized earlier this morning, he said, I think they did this because they knew a a D3 would flop and they would suffer so much financial loss, they would run risk of being bought out uh, and then being owned by another entity. So they broke with Activision as a means of survival because they didn't want to get bought out because they knew a D3 would fall flat on its face. So... Uh... Next question, Seraph. Given the speculation that planets are being removed due to the new engine upgrade, what would still be? Would there still be an impetus to remove further planets in year four? I mean, this is a great question. I think it's not just about that. I do think it's a multifaceted reason. I don't think they're lying to us when they say we're running out of space in the game, right? We're running out of space in the game. I think when they say that, they're being truthful, which means every year, yes, they'll probably have to like slide things off and bring things back. Oh, they bring back these two or three planets. They're bringing back, oh, they're bringing a brand new planet. Here comes the Dreadnought. Well, around that time, they might say, yeah, let's retire Tangled Shore. Uh, you know, the curse has been resolved. Let's get rid of Dreaming City. Yeah, I, I, I think there will be still that impetus to say this stuff needs to be removed for the sake of space. I also think there's just something nice and clean about a smaller director. You can't just keep adding to this. Imagine if this wasn't their plan and they just kept adding planets to this. It would start to get kind of absurd. Like it doesn't, it, I don't know. I, I like the idea of this getting cleaned up a little bit. There's something nice about that. There's something uh, 
I feel like I can sink my teeth into the game more and have a sense of movement and a sense of like, I'm going to go do this, then I'm going to go do that. Right now, it's just like, I I don't ever go to these other planets. I'm just like, who the, who, who actually freaking cares about any those planets, you know? Agent Atwood. Kind of off topic, but a big issue is, for some reason on my regular PS4, uh, the colonel doesn't show up in the hangar and Kate's pick won't show up in the ramen shop. Do you think this has anything to do with the console or what? I have absolutely no clue, bro. I, I really don't. It could be a rendering pop-in issue. Could be a glitch. I actually have zero clue why this is happening. Um, you have to complete Forsaken. Oh, somebody's saying uh, you have to complete Forsaken. So maybe you've not done the story or something? I don't know. Uh, Quad says, it's generic, I think you meant to say, not it's genetic. It's generic, but what are you hoping for, what are you hoping this new engine achieves? So primarily, my hope is better efficiency of updates and delivery. To me, I've I've said this before, you know, I'm a man of simple tastes. I like gunpowder, gasoline, like... I'm a man of simple tastes. If you give me a really good content loop with dope loot, I'll just dive into it and be happy. Okay? I'm I, I'm a man of simple taste. So I'm more concerned, like, okay, if you're going to go through this process of updating the engine, can, can you please, can you please then give us, yeah, I can't fix it when the username goes out of frame like that. Can you please then give us like more efficient updates, more efficient delivery. Do you see? It's like that's always been the main issue. I said this earlier. We know very confidently. We know that beyond light can be a dope expansion. We know, we know it can be dope. The question is, can they perpetuate the grind, the content and the substance for $10 every three months? Are they going to be able to do that? Or do we have more seasons of the Drifter on the horizon? Do we have more seasons of, of the Worthy on the horizon? Do we have more of those seasons on the horizon? Or will the engine update net them efficiency of update and efficiency of content development so those things don't happen? I, I think that's my main, main concern. If things get smoother, cooler, better, faster, larger, awesome. But that's never been my primary concern. Oh, I need bigger spaces with more people in them. I, I could care. I could freaking. I don't have the ability to care less about that. You put 20 people in the public space or 10, I really don't care. I don't. What's your opinion on the argument they're taking away content people paid full price for, i.e. Forsaken and Menagerie? I I didn't know if I needed to do a video about this because um you know there was an article about you know the ethics behind removing half of a game that people paid for. Um I didn't read the article because I I like reading, you know, actual journalists. But it was like, okay, you know, is there an issue here? Is there an ethical issue here? And I would say no, because number one, we're in a, we're in like a, we're in a new, we're, we're in like a, a new, we're in new territory, right? It's, it's a four, we're going, what year are we going into? This game launched 2017, right? So we're about to launch into a whole new, 
I'm sorry, you had coffee in your mouth? Sorry. We're about to launch into brand new territory. There's not really... In my mind, there aren't ethics and standards about this. Okay? There aren't. It's not It's not a game you bought for 60 and then you can go back and keep replaying the campaign. You can play Horizon Zero Dawn till the end of time. Just keep replaying it. It's not like that. We're in a new era. Okay? And you have to consider the only way that you can play Destiny is because of their servers and their infrastructure. You're playing on their playground to a certain extent. It's in it's it's in a, it's in a whole it's a whole new category and, and and a whole new area of territory. So you can't start saying now. Wait a minute! I paid for Mercury. I paid for Mars. You can't take those things away. I, you know what I'm saying? I I hear where people are coming from, but I'm like, yeah, but we're not necessarily. We're, we're not necessarily in an environment where you have claim over all these spaces and, 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 and areas. You know, we don't, we, you don't have claim over these areas. You're, you're paying, you're essentially paying for access and if access changes over time, I don't know, it's not as clean cut as uh Think of it like this. Think of it like this. This might be a better analogy. When you sign up and pay for uh, Netflix and all of a sudden shows leave, you can't call foul and say, now wait a minute, I'm paying for access to this site and this stuff should always be here and always be available. It's a similar situation here. You're in essence paying a subscription fee every so many months to continue you know your experience and have your experience expanding you're paying you know ten dollars every three months you're spent you know you're spending um you know 40 40 you know you, you got you got 40 every every 12 okay so it's not the best example but the idea is you agree to their terms of service to access their game play on their servers use their infrastructure to play this game and they reserve the right to be like, ah, the content's old enough now. Yeah, we, we're, we're yanking it out, right? Also, also, we're in a completely different ballpark because they made all those things free now. I think the minute they made all those pieces of content free, the name of the game changes, right? The name of the game changes because those are no longer items of of value that can be purchased. They're literally just free. It's just in the game world. Download the game, play, go to all those planets for free. The example you're looking for is Microsoft Windows. You paid for a license to use it and sometimes crap comes and sometimes crap goes. That's true. I mean, that might be a better example. Okay, listen. I'm usually really good with analogies. The Netflix analogy is not the greatest. I was just trying to give you a picture into like, it's their infrastructure, it's their systems, it's what you're paying to access, and that's essentially, to a degree, what Destiny is. It's a, it's an online game world that they have created that you pay for an increased you pay for an increased experience, and they've reached a point though where they're like, yeah, well, that stuff's all free now. Because it's free, they can take away what most actually paid for. I. But it's not. It's just. It's not a clean transaction. It's not a clean transaction. 
if you paid for uh, if you paid for an app and you download the app and you're playing the app and it's great, it's awesome, and you love it, and then they make it free, and then you're like, well, wow, they're making it free, they're making it free for everybody, whatever, and then a year later they remove elements of the app. And you're like, now wait a minute, when I bought this app for $4, it had all these different games I could play, and now you're removing some of these other games. Oh, that's not fair. I, you're, you're paying for access to a, like, it's basically a game as service. Now, there are people that actually think, I think Upper Echelon's one of the people that thinks this, that game as service is bad for the industry. They, they think it's bad for the industry because you're no longer paying, it's no longer a clean transaction. Come in here, and buy uh, Mad Max DVD. Yep, here you go. It's yours. You can watch it 10 million times. You always have access to that movie. It's not a clean transaction like that. It's a completely different world. It's like, no, you're, you're paying for access. You're not necessarily buying a concrete one-to-one game. Because, listen, truth be told, are you paying a subscription fee? No. Are you paying for access to their servers? No. Okay, so if they shut the game down, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to do a class action lawsuit? You're going to sue them for shutting down their servers that you're not paying for access for? It's I think that's the biggest issue. Is You're playing on their servers, using their services, using their infrastructure to play this game. And I think the minute you step into that world, the rules are different. Consumer Protection Act doesn't protect you in this regard because you're not paying for something they've taken from you. You're paying for access and the access over time changes because it's their baby at that point. I don't know. That's the best argument I think I can come up with is that it's essentially that you're putting you're putting all your all your experience online, which means they're kind of in control of it. It gives too much flexibility to have situations like this occur. I also think there's just natural value degradation. It's just like it's like when the iPhone gets really, really cheap, you know, and people get really, really angry. It's kind of in a similar ballpark. Like, does that content even have value anymore? Does that content even have any value anymore? Escalation protocol? What? Mercury? (laughs) What? What are you? What are you? What are you doing? What are you defending exactly? Again, it's a, it's a planet that came with a DLC, and they're retiring those those areas and adding more. And it's just like I yeah you know, I don't know what to tell you. Now I don't know if they're gonna. No, I don't think they would do that. I was wondering if like if you didn't buy Beyond Light, would you still have access to those areas? But I don't think so. Um. I'm sure they've 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 dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's to make sure they're allowed to do this. Technically, you don't own the PS4 game if you buy and download it through the network. You own a license. It's the same thing with Destiny. Right. You didn't buy anything physical for those digital for the deal the digital downloads. It's a slippery slope most of us are okay with just because the content that they're removing was bad, but it's not a valid way to judge it. Well, here's the thing. I think there's a natural protection against the slippery slope creature, and here's why. You cannot expect to irritate and infuriate your entire player base and then be like, oh, by the way, do you guys want to give us some money? Like, if Bungie came in and they're like, yeah, the whole game's gone. We just nuked it. 
Uh, will you please give us $40 for access to Europa? <laughs> like, do you see people like, are you freaking kidding me? You just removed the entire game. What are you talking about? Now, some people might feel that way. Some people might be staring down the barrel of, of the Beyond Light purchase and they're like, are you freaking kidding me? You're deleting half the game. No, absolutely not. I don't think I don't think there's any sort of dogmatic good argument for keeping those areas because I think most of the people that would attempt to make that argument would have to admit they almost never go to these areas. There's also no relevant content there. There's nothing happening there. What are you just going to run around Mercury for fun? Why? Like, what do you what do you you know what I'm saying? What are you actually what are you actually arguing for? So I don't think there's a valid argument to be made. I think there's probably valid feelings about it. Like, I don't really know how that makes me... I don't like how that feels. Like, you're literally taking content out of the game that I paid for. I get feeling kind of like, ugh, I don't know about that. But I don't think there's any valid argumentation against, like, the ethics of it. Um, again, I think they protected themselves. They updated their terms of service in their EULA. And they made all, everything freaking free. I don't want to keep any of it. It's just a point that I paid 110 for what's being removed, and the next thing they remove might actually have a pro- I might actually have a problem with. It's clearly in their TOS that they have a right to change or remove content. You agree to the TOS when you bought the game, and you don't own anything other than a license to play the game. Yeah, I agree. I think that's essentially what it boils down to. Unholy taco side. With the new info Asacross revealed, do you think that the moment in Lightfall that Luke Smith mentioned is D1 and D2 becoming a single evolving world he wants? Somebody asked a similar question, I think it was yesterday. Um, and somebody's hang on, somebody's quoting the EULA here. The program is licensed, not sold for your use. Your license confers no title of or ownership in this program. You should not be, const- it should, and should not be construed as a sale of any rights in this program. That's unbelievable. That Like, it literally says it. It's like, yeah, you don't own it. <laughs> you don't own it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if, if, uh, somebody asked us the other day, like, is the vision... Is the vision for the future uh, of you know the destiny they want to build? Is it Destiny One and Two coming together? I I think you could say this and be right, but I don't necessarily know if that's their intention. It seems like their intention is to continue to expand the story in a single evolving world, moving from Europa to Witch Queen to Lightfall. While they're doing that, they're also bolstering the content and bringing back some of their greatest hits. That's probably motivated by a litany of things. Man, this is such great content. We really need to bring it forward, give it this awesome new engine treatment, or just, again, the new graphical fidelity treatment of the PC and the new consoles. Like, man, it'd be great to see you know, Cosmodrome and Vault of Glass on these new areas. Like, it, it's, I think it's multifaceted. I don't think it's as simple as, like, yeah, we really think that the future is D1 and D2 existing as one big giant world. I don't necessarily think that's the goal. It feels to me like they want the story to move forward and they're going to bolster content and bolster the game by bringing back some of the greatest hits. Um, so... I thought he was talking about the story of a plot twist, like a massive reveal. 
Well, he, no, he's saying, he's saying, do you think the moment in Lightfall that Luke Smith mentioned is D1 and D2 becoming that single evolving world he wants? Again, I think that's happening now. I think they're taking the story and moving it in a direction where it's a single evolving world. Things are changing. Saint 14's in the tower. The tower got damaged. We get, you know, pyramid ships were on the monitors. Now they're here in the sky. They're going to take away the planets. Like, I think that's the single evolving world. I think it includes D1, but I don't necessarily think they're like, yeah, the goal is to bring the two together, you know, as one big giant game. The only reason I'm protecting against that that thought process is because I they've not said that, right? And since they've not said that, I'm kind of like I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say that. I don't know if I want to go that far as to say yeah, th- th- that's that's the goal here. Since they've not really stated it in that way, they've stated it in a way where it's like the main story's going forward, and they're going to be kind of like rotating in their greatest hits, and that feels a little bit separate to me. Again, you could be right. You could say this and end up being factually accurate and true, but I don't know if that's essentially what they've set out, you know, as their goal. Ink Toxicant. With consoles being new and engines like Unreal 5 not being ready until 2021, do you think a new engine is possible before Lightfall? Is it worth the update? I mean, I think at this point, the most likely thing they're doing is not a brand new engine, but an engine that is so dramatically different and updated that they're having to, as Astacross said, rebuild and recode planets from the ground up. So I don't think it's, I think it the least likely is a brand new, completely different engine. I think it's more likely that Tiger has been so significantly updated. Maybe they found a bridge between whatever D1 was and whatever this is. Maybe they formed a bridge and that's why D1 content's making a return more regularly. That's, that could be that technical loophole they found of like, oh, look, we can do, we can do this. Um... And it's going to enable us to have more fluidity and better movement and da 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 um, I meant, okay, here we go. No, I meant Luke Smith, what he said. The three expansions will lead to a moment that no one's expecting. No, no, no. I agree with you. What I have said that that moment will be, I believe every DLC, we're going to get a new darkness power. I think we get Stasis this year. I think Witch Queen, we get another one, maybe from the Drifter. And I think we get a third dark subclass in Lightfall, and it leads to like a moment where we're like a gray Jedi. Maybe we make a choice. Maybe we choose a side. Maybe we reject the Traveler. Maybe we, whatever. Maybe we become untethered from the Traveler because we don't need it anymore. We're so strong. We can maintain our own light and our own power like you know on our own um there's so so there's a variety there's i think there's a variety of options and how that all plays out and there could be i think a moment where we either choose a side or i think you could be right too it literally just leads to a moment in the story that's significant and we don't really do anything we're just there to witness it you see with I, I don't know. I don't think they're just going to give us stasis and be like, "Here you go, dark subclass power. That's the end of that." Ha ha ha. Now you have four. I'm like, "No, I think I I I think they're going to I think they're going somewhere with this. I think they're going somewhere with it. I think they're uh they're going to take it to uh every year we get another one. And then when we have three dark and three light, something happens. Some sort of weird balance happens internally with us or something. 
So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and that's, that's the last question. We're going to transition to VIP call-in. So if you just tuned in, we had a, we had a, a spike in viewership for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, if you're just tuning in, we're going to transition to VIP call-in. So thank you for being here. I do these talks and Q and a sessions every day. Please click subscribe, the bell button and the like button. Those are all free things that help me out. If you're new and enjoying the content, if you're listening to this elsewhere, you can find these episodes on podcast platforms under SNTR presents. Uh, you can always watch me live at say no to rage.com. And as always, please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR presents this is going to be the VIP call-in session that happened after my talk about a new engine or an updated engine coming to destiny 2 if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify maybe Google Play you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com you can support me directly there by clicking the join button or you can go to SNTRpresents.com to join the Patreon. If you want to do these VIP call-ins, that's what you gotta do. And we're starting off today with Akuta Papa. Uh, wanted to go first because they got he's got to stop the truck to get on the call. So what do you want to talk about today in regards to you know everything we've discussed so far? You're gonna have to unmute yourself. There you go. So I just want to mostly focus on I think people's misconceptions on ray tracing and basically what it's bringing to the table. Um, So I thought of example, put a crystal ball in a dark room. Old versions of lighting, they literally put a, say, shine a light on it. The ball doesn't actually reflect. They have to put points of light at every single little like mirror to actually simulate what the ball's doing. Mm -hmm. The new form, ray tracing, you take one light, you shine it, you give the, what is it, material, the ball, this, and the material of mm-hmm. the reflection, and it actually in real time calculates and reflects onto the walls and everything. It's not going to affect any of the, how it looks, how it smoothly goes through or anything like that. Right. And I, I think when we were debating that, I like, I do think there's an instinct for people to say, well, things look different because it's higher frame rate, it's higher resolution, or in this case, oh, they've added the ray tracing. And they, I think to a degree, they're probably correct. There is there there are elements of change in the appearance, you know, in the appearance of the items. But I, we were primarily focusing on. I think you're kind of supporting me in this. Is that we were focusing on physical movements looking different and having increased fluidity and lighting has maybe some influence but not I called it like individual independence items seemed like they were on their own moving had their own trajectory had their own sort of you know pathway from the explosion Um, and so the people that are like they weren't here for the original conversation uh, we've been discussing the potential of a new engine or an updated engine coming with beyond light one of the pieces there's a lot of pieces that I outlined One of the pieces was a stasis trailer where I said that the shanks were moving in a more fluid water-like motion and the individual ice pieces that were breaking and moving had like independent physics as it's being said in chat. There was something independent happening the way they moved. And I said that looked like an engine level change. And there were many people that disagree with this. They say, no, it's post-processing on the trailer. It's increased resolution. It's increased frame rate. Now, I play the game at a 1440-120, so I'm playing at a higher frame rate and resolution than the trailer, and I don't see that type of movement in my game. And then people are like, oh, it's the ray tracing. 
and what you know Akuta Papa just outlined is there is it just there it there's no real lighting situation that would make items look like they're moving in a particular way it certainly would add more dynamics to their their shading and texture as they're flipping but the movement itself especially the shanks let's just ignore the ice cuz the ice does have a lot of weird lighting and texture let's just look at the shanks the shanks are moving in a in a way that they don't presently move in the game there's, there's something going on there there again there's a fluidity that we don't, I don't presently see that in the game right now, and I think, um, and Gare Bear, thank you for becoming a new member. Did I thank that person? I don't know if I did or not. Um, I think that's kind of their point. Uh, the point that Akuta Pop is making is that the the lighting, the lighting really isn't going to explain what looks like differences in movement. So, correct. It just, it, I th- I think we have a new physics engine coming. That that's what I think is going on. Yeah, and I tend so. to and I tend to agree with you. I think that other people have also said, you know, we're making walls we can step on. They're attaching to things. Like there's going to have to be some changes in order for that to suddenly be a thing we're doing because we don't do anything like that now. So, so that was really all I had. So Okay. Well, I appreciate you calling in. That was helpful information. I actually wasn't clear on ray tracing. I thought you explained it very well. Instead of creating new individual points of light on the ball, the ball itself has a reflective property that interacts with the light as if it's really there. So um, I thought that was helpful. So, yep. Have a good rest of your day. (laughs) Thank you, sir. All right. I am going to go to uh, Rain the Dark next. Asked to go second. What did you uh, have for us today, sir? Hello, Lono. It's been a while since I've been on here. I hope you've been doing good. It's nice to see you. Um, I should say it's nice to see you, you know, climbing back after all the shenanigans going on, the Destiny and all that. Um, Appreciate that. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about, because um, we were, we, I mentioned in the chat, I'd asked, I think it was yesterday we were talking about the Destiny content vault and the, uh, you know, people would, you know, potentially complain about bringing D1 content back into D2. And I wanted to clarify at least my stance that I'm personally okay with that, like with D1 content coming back, because there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, For me, like, for example, you know, you're a man of culture as well and appreciate the fact that Wrath of the Machine is the best raid. (laughs) And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like wanting that to come back. But of course, there are people that are kind of like, I'd prefer new content over old, da 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 da, you know, like, I mean, because you can't damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? You know? Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the thing that I remember being a topic of conversation in D1. I remember when uh, Prison of Elders was brought back as Challenge of the Elders and people, as a free thing. And people were like, what? They should be focusing on new content. What's going on? And I'm kind of like, this is pretty cool. I like this content. So I don't know if, like, my concerns are about people complaining about it are valid i don't know if so what what is your concern you're concerned that people are going to complain and that's going to discourage bungie from doing it that's pretty much what i'm thinking of because i i kind of want to see d1 content come back into d2 Mm -hmm. i know that we already like paid for it but it's like i experienced king's fall on an xbox 360 i we all experienced wrath on the xbox one i'd like to experience the kind of the thing that made me love destiny at a higher frame rate higher field of view you know yeah. and it's kind of i don't know i feel like it's a little 
frustrating when people are like, no, we just rather have new content. I'm like, if that yeah. content's good, why not bring it forward? Right. Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from. Emmanuel, th- uh, thank you so much for the brand new uh, Rageless membership. Enjoy the emotes and perks in Discord. Thanks for clicking join, man. We've had seven new members today. I really appreciate the crazy support. I... I think Bungie knows their audience, and I think that, yes, there will be people that complain and get angry about this, but I don't think they're going to be swayed by the complaint crew. I think Bungie knows eventually people play the content, people get over it, you know, they'll they'll accept this. Also, it's not going to be the center stage. You're getting Europa, you're getting a campaign, you're getting a new raid, you're getting a new activity, you're getting new loot, and then Vogue's coming at some point. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think Cosmodrome and One Strike is enough to be like, this is ridiculous, Bungie, it's an expansion. It's like, settle the absolute frick down. It's literally an, an, a location mm-hmm. and a strike. Like, calm down. Like, I, I don't, and I don't think Bungie's going to be swayed. I think this is a long-term plan and pillar of the content delivery that's not going to, mm-hmm. they're not going to shrink back and recoil because Reddit storms the castle. There were people that thought they were going to get Bungie to change their mind on sunsetting. I'm like, this is a foundational level change for long-term sustainability of the franchise. They're not going to back off because you you throw a, a hissy fit on Reddit. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, I think input does and has over the years has made them gun-shy on repurposing content. Like, why didn't they ever go back and do anything with locations like Osiris's Forge or Escalation Protocol or Blind Well. Like, I think they are gun shy sometimes of reusing and repurposing content, but I think they kind of know their identity now and they know what they can and can't do with, you know, to a certain degree. And so, I, I don't know. I think they're going to just, I think they're going to keep doing it. And I think it's going to be a mainstay and it's not going to, I don't think they're going to suddenly get into like year, like, well, Witch Queen, we were going to bring back a bunch of great locations, but everybody moaned and complained on Reddit, so no more Dreadnought. Sorry, guys. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think the fear, I think the fear is somewhat valid that people might get you know angry enough to alter the course of the trajectory a little, but I don't think they're going to eject from it. Um, I think, and I think they're doing it in small enough doses that no one can really complain like if you look at beyond light and you're really angry that cosmodrome and a strike are coming back i'm like man oh man that is not the center stage of what we're paying for so people need to chill i absolutely agree it's like like for me because you and i have had discussions about this before i'm sure you don't remember because everything's like hectic and crazy and all that stuff but you and I have discussed like how I feel about the raid, how the raid loot needs to be special, it needs to be powerful again. Mm-hmm. You know, like Wrath of the Machine had some notable standouts, like it had Chaos Dogma, Ex Machina, it had uh, apparently the pulse rifle was good. I hated the pulse rifle, it did not feel good to me. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I liked uh, the auto rifle because I'm I'm an auto rifle guy. I don't know. I played I played Halo, so I like I like using the auto rifle, but I also really like pulse rifles like outbreak prime or now outbreak perfected was just an absolute it's one of my favorite exotics of all time and Baltic glass had my most favorite exotic of all time you know the vex mm-hmm. mythoclass everybody knows what that gun is it's synonymous it's just as to me it's just as synonymous with destiny as galahorn is you know yeah and yeah well and we I'm, talked I'm about i'm excited to yeah i was gonna say Sorry. we talked about that yesterday like wheezy i think made a good point that like 
they have to be careful with this. Like, if they make everything in the raid best in class, best in slot, yeah. you're, you could invalidate everything. But I think you touched on, I mean, the Genesis chain was unique. I think unique and really, really effective. Unique with maybe something intrinsic that makes it, you know, better in the yeah. raid itself, I think would be good, you know. But I, I definitely think they need to be very, very careful with that upper echelon and not invalidate mm-hmm. literally every other piece of PvE content. So. I think what people mean by best in class weapons, or at least how I interpret it, is like it needs to be best in class for that specific raid. Like I, I like especially in that raid. If I'm getting like like I'm doing vaulted glass, what am I going to choose? The Rose Regime or Fatebringer that has something that can destroy oracles quicker. I'm going to choose Fatebringer because it's going to be that ease of access to be able to to doom the mechanic and satisfy it way easier and way less stressful um for me like i would really like to see like those intrinsic perks come back from d1 Mm -hmm. like um i know that um i know that the 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 wrath of machine guns had bonus fallen damage just intrinsic on the guns and that was really significant in the raid because i know that uh, axis was the only one that didn't get that modifier because he technically isn't fallen he's so far gone and he's corrupted by like he's just siva that's all he is now he's not yeah. fallen anymore, you know and i i like that i think that that's really cool i'm i also i'm edgy i like black and red <laughs> so like seeing axis as a boss as like a giant spider being fully turned into siva i'm like okay uh that's basically body horror can we have more of that in destiny please thanks um yeah I, like, I agree on the, the I agree on the intrinsic perks thing too. Like mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's yeah. another way to mm-hmm. to check a box without invalidating all the rest mm-hmm. of the loot pool in the game. So mm-hmm. and they also need the perks to be unique. They can't just be like, oh my god, rapid hit on a pulse rifle. Whoa, <laughs> wow, that's so unique, guys. Wow, Pe- people argued with me on that. They're like, oh, you can get rapid hit. I'm like, that's not good enough. Like, I, I was I amazed mean, that it's... people actually defended mm-hmm. the, the Garden of Salvation pulse by saying, but it can get rapid hit. I'm like, that is not raid worthy. I think worthy. that that's cool. Like, I do think that that's cool, but the, the secondary perks aren't unique. So if, like, you put, like, rapid hit and then something that, like, I don't know, something unique that, like, maybe mm-hmm. synergized with rapid hit or maybe did something completely different, like, I don't know, like... You know, maybe what if what if the, I'm just gonna pull out a random perk out of my my bottom? Like, what if it's a primary weapon, but as you're shooting every 30 seconds, it changes an element. So it's a primary slot. It's a raid legendary, but it goes mm-hmm. from arc, and then every 30 seconds void, every 30 seconds solar, and then if state when stasis is added, you know, and then it adds stasis. You know, I think that'd be a really unique perk. You know, just randomly, just as you're firing the gun, it changes elements. I'm spitballing um but or they could have done something like desperado that paired up with rapid hit and made it a unique synergistic perk set like i think that's another Mm -hmm. thing that they need to look into where Mm -hmm. you don't have to make a perk that like blows the entire map up it just literally needs to be unique like focus firefly Mm -hmm. you know desperado Mm -hmm. these are perks that make the gun feel different it's like well you cannot Mm -hmm. get onslaught would be another one you can't get that anywhere it's only on breakneck so i would i would love to see more of that I'd like to see more of that stuff too. I just, I think my thing is, is we've already seen Desperado, we've already seen Onslaught, we've already seen uh, Mega Neuroma on the Oxygen. I think it's called. I probably butchered the name of the perk. Mm-hmm. It's just basically the the fire, the Firefly or whatever it is. And then we've seen those like 
unique perks on those guns. I, I, I kind of feel like those need to kind of be retired, hence why the sun setting is really significant. I know you talked in the past about bringing back Desperado, but I'm kind of like, I, I think they need to do something new. I think they need to do something different. Um, you know, like whether it yeah. be on an exotic or on new legendaries, especially the Raidlin. Um, you know, like, I just, I want something that's worth chasing. I don't have that right now. Like, in D1, I had something worth chasing. You're right that there wasn't much to do, so all we were doing was chasing, but that right. still doesn't, I think, invalidate my sentimentality on, you know, chasing those guns. Because I remember one time, I had already had Fatebringer, right? I had already gotten it. My friends at the time were we're like oh my god you got fatebringer i'm jealous you know and we're doing hard mode templar and i get two fatebringers to drop <laughs> and huh. my friends quit the raid because they were so mad it's like you know that gun is so special we don't have that in d2 it's just outlaw rampage or rapid mm -hmm. hit kill clip on sacred provenance like you know um yeah, Another I mean that, that's that I all. That's to... all supposed to change. That's all supposed to change. Yeah. We're supposed to get which I'm true, excited for. I'm really excited loot hierarchy. for that. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't really been playing all that much because, like, I just want stasis, dude. I don't care about the light anymore. I want to be an edge lord. Give me, give me my ice powers, man. Come on, Bungie. <laughs> I know that they got to take their time because of the pandemic. I absolutely understand. I would know. I work in a hospital. Yeah. People, people are being like really 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 dumb and not listening and that's why we have stuff delayed yeah you know we're you know it i'm not trying to turn anything into that but i won't go there but we're the thing and you know um another thing i wanted to talk about was uh strike specific loot so mm -hmm. i don't feel that strike specific loot and this is even a little bit it was a little bit better towards like taken king rise of iron but it got better a little bit in Rise of Iron, except for the Skeleton Key Grind, not defending that. Um, I don't feel like um, the weapons that we... We didn't get any strike specifics in Shadow Keep, right? So so I'm kind of disappointed that, you know, the Scarlet Keep that we... That the raid that we got, that we didn't get, like, like a weapon that's literally just made out of the chitin of that... Um, of the, um, of the, 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 Scar the, the Scarlet Keep, you know? Right. The, like a, a gun, like I'm imagining kind of like Necrochasm, but red, but a legendary, you know, like minus perks, just appearance wise. Because the, 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 the one ship looked, like, yeah, the one ship looked like it. Yeah, like it looked like that. Why don't we have a gun that has that geometry? And then people are like, what if we, what about a Blasphemer or the rocket launcher that you get from Alter of Sorrow? Those are not new models. They're, they're just old models with new geometry, and it's not the same. I don't. I know that we have yeah. to kind of use the same models for a lot of the general guns, and that's fine. I've accepted that. It's been that way since vanilla D1. But like, if you're gonna do a strike-specific gun, make it unique. Make it look different. Warden's Law looks like those two hand cannons in the tank, but sure. I think it's Thin Line and whatever the the kinetic one is. That's really just bad. You know which one I'm talking about, though. Yeah, right? there's the like thin the red line, and then there's the ten the ten paces. That one, yeah. They all they only have their their the same model. Like, why wasn't like Warden's Law like based on like something Prison of Elders? Maybe a little bit more. 
based on the I, server with like the wires coming through. Yeah, like, I don't I'm get that persnickety like, though, because Warden's Law does look mm-hmm. different than the Ten Paces and Thinner Line. It's got the second barrel on the underneath, and I think that when you know, we if we're gonna if we're gonna praise you know wrath you know wrath was literally default models with siva on them so i I think there's room for blasphemer and other weapons and stuff you know Mm -hmm. i understand what you're saying like if it's from a particular strike it needs to look Mm -hmm. like it like grass of malak hood of malak you know the Mm -hmm. the the one gauntlets that you got uh from shield brothers 100 percent agree there that you know if you do strike specific Mm -hmm. loot have it be inspired i just I'm not sure if they're going to go that narrow with strikes ever again because it's, it seems like they're leaning more towards doing loot pools that are grindable as opposed to a drop in a spot that is grindable. It seems like they want to move away from that because I think they get a little bit more bang for their buck out of loot pools as opposed to... A, a, a single drop in a location like you know the DFA or some of the other the other mm-hmm. ones that you could get from one strike. Mm-hmm. I'd like to. I personally kind of want to see like a healthy mix of that. Like, don't make the drop rate stupidly low, like Mindbenders. Like, I don't have a Mindbenders. <laughs> like, I've done the Fanatic Nightfall. I've even soloed it and like I didn't get anything from it. Or I was soloing it and then my buddy joined in. He hadn't even done it that week and he got the freaking Mindbenders. And I'm like, I soloed this entire nightfall. And what do I get? A blue. Thank you, RNG. Awesome. Like, yeah. I don't want it to be that dumb. It's not, it's not Vex. It's not Necrochasm, which I never got the Crux of Crota until age of triumph fun fact i never got necrochasm i grinded my butt off for hard mode crota and never got necrochasm until age of triumph yeah we do not need that we do not ever need that type of rng ever again they're what what they're doing now with with anarchy taraba which i still need to go do um and all that like to unlimited grind i feel like it shouldn't be a special event. I'm personally would be okay if that was to be the mindset of raids going forward. You know, I don't have the entire week. I work second shift and then I can't drive, so I'm not able to like like get home as quickly as I'd like. I don't get home till about one Eastern Standard Time and then I'm only mm-hmm. up for like maybe two hours, you know, and then I go to bed and then I wake up and do it all over again. So the only right. time I'm really able to play is on weekends even though I'm a hardcore player, you know? Yep. Um, I'd like there to be that ability to unlimited grind, so I don't have to worry about a weekly lockout. Yeah, sure, weekly for powerfuls, that's fine, but just at least let me grind for the exotic at my own leisure, you know? Going forward, I'd like that to be a thing, and then with strike-specific yep. loot, I'm, I'm sad that they're not, you know, doing that. That was a lot of fun in Rise of Iron, even though Skeleton Key grind was bad. Um... All right. Well, we're getting we're getting we're getting like a yeah. little off on like personal Absolutely. tangents, which is fine. I like it, but I was I need to move on to another caller. So good of good course. thoughts though. Yeah, I appreciate sorry you. About that. No, you're good. You're good. It was good yeah. thoughts. I think there's good things there about <laughs> the look of items you. and specific grinds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Some good thoughts. And uh, thanks for mm-hmm. calling in, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, always. It's good to be here, Lono. And um, I hope you. I hope the onward rise is going, going, going. I'm glad to see you moving forward. I appreciate it, dude. Thank you. All right, we're going to shift gears here, and now we're going to let, I uh, forget who, it would be King Keys is going to be next. Go ahead with what you want to talk about. Hello. 
Yes. Can you, can you hear me? I can. All right, perfect. So with uh, Cosmodrome and Europa coming, what do you, uh, if you've already answered something like this, just let me know. Okay. But like, how do you think they could di- make it, make the two areas different in regards to like the areas that we have now? Like in regards to like public events or a lost mm-hmm. sectors, like what what's one thing that you'd like to see them either expound upon or uh-huh. take away completely? I, I you have to contextualize them to where we are now, so it doesn't feel like a like a dated relic or a fossil. So it, you, I don't think it could be one to one. So I think just bottom layer of update would be the public events need updated and add some lost sectors. I would go beyond that though and say they should also really look at what they did to the moon when they added a whole new area, Sorrows Harbor as well so i believe one is enhancing the updating of public events and adding like lost sectors that's sort of enhancing and then the other is expanding Mm -hmm. like the actual space itself there needs to be more areas to go uh more places to travel um so i i'd have a i have a really really hard time thinking that they're not going to do that to some to, to, to some degree doing a a one-to-one copy paste of cosmodrome would be i think so much wasted effort because then people are gonna be like i don't understand it's literally the original public event the what like you know so i i think you're gonna get at the very least public events updated and lost sectors added i think that's almost a given but i don't know about the hey there's a whole new area as well that we've expanded upon uh and you can go there now so it it, that that'll remain to be seen but i could see them doing a lost sector where the war mine stuff was because we went down there anyway and there was right. there was missions and stuff, and then they could do a lost sector in that opening area where you'd go down and the night would kick your butt, and then there'd be real easy Randall locations. Yeah, yeah, there'd be real easy, you know, lost sector. Yeah, where Randall was, and as well as the area that's all the way on the back where they connected to the Cosmodrome. I'm sorry, to the Plaguelands. That area where they connected and there was like a train. There's a lot of doors that you could just turn into a lost sector and you go down in and remnants of siva could be there or something so i i happen to think if you're hoping to see lost sectors and public events updated i feel like you're gonna get that it's the the question would i think be are they gonna add adventures and are they gonna add like new new explorable spaces the way they did with sorrows harbor yeah like i'm also curious to if they're gonna bring back uh the destination materials that we had on in cosmodrome like, i don't even remember what they were called they were called it was called spin metal right do you think they'll bring destination materials back or like we we've talked about before just making it a single conglomeration of materials and to free yeah. up vault space and whatnot i know what i want and what i want is to take all destination materials and create a a, a generic currency like gunsmith materials just create a generic currency and you have the little icon already made. It's the little box from the season pass. I think just do that and just call it literally destination materials. Just create a generic uh, currency and then that takes all those down into one. So it doesn't matter if a planet gets retired, leaves or whatever. It's just it's adding to a, a grand total. So the you know the phase glass needles 
they don't need to be retired simulation seeds don't need to be retired throw them in a in a generic bin um you know i don't know somebody says oh i like the different materials you know we're four going away we're getting two new ones i just i will why what's the point they don't do we don't do anything with them other than right. buy upgrade modules like they don't serve much of a purpose or trade them in that spider like like i never really did that but until like recently because i just didn't know about any of that stuff and it's just like kind of pointless because you can get all that stuff pretty easily you know within reason and so it just feels like an extra kind of empty grind thing that they added in because they could yeah i mean light leaps right they could become more useful but i just i don't know if we need more currency or more uses i don't think he said that wheezy i think he said don't do anything with your destination materials we don't know what's going to happen yet i don't think he said they're going to vault the materials that's not been confirmed i think they said they're not sure yet so just don't do anything is essentially that's what i read so did you have uh did you have anything else um one more thing uh do you think with the upcoming like possible engine upgrades do you think what be able to do like waypoints on the map eventually or is that just not going to be a thing I mean I feel like they could do that they, they I remember th- do you remember they didn't even put your teammates on the map so they added that right. and that's not even a new engine I mean they added that I don't even remember when they did that that might have been in Forsaken uh, but so yeah I think they could add waypoints yes because they yeah. you know they they already put your, your teammates on the map they could easily add that yeah because it, it's such a a nuisance trying to like find that one lost sector you need to go to mm-hmm. and you're like you have to constantly be going to your map and then going back to the game and going to your map especially on console when it takes like a good you know five ten seconds to get your map up because of load time well then they already let you do the semblance of a waypoint so if you True. click on a public event it tells you which fast travel to use, and when you get there, you can see the waypoint. So it already kind of exists. Um, I think you can do it. Yeah. With the, can you do it with the NPCs too? Yeah, you can do it with the NPCs, adventures, and public events. You can already do it. So I wouldn't see why they couldn't just expand that to be you can drop your own waypoint wherever you want. So right, because that'd be a lot easier for just meeting randos. You can tell them, hey, let's go to here's my waypoint. You know, click on it, and now you can go there with me. And so that could create more opportunities for like playing together with people, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's that's all I had. Uh it's always a pleasure to listen to you, Lona. Uh I have been listening to all your old podcasts on Spotify. So I started in January twenty eighteen. Oh wow. November twenty eighteen now. So been about a month since i started that you're really really interesting (laughs) go ahead hearing all your old ideas and like how many of them have actually come to fruition in regards to like a lot of the stuff Mm. especially recent things that you've talked about so that's pretty cool yeah that you're you're really going back through the the vault of my content if you're going back that far but uh yeah, that's cool. That I mean, there there were a lot of things we talked about that you know ended up in the game, and um, it'll be interesting to see how much you know how much from 
2019 ends up in you know 2020 and 2021 you know it'll be it'll be cool to see yeah yeah so all right man thanks for calling in dude i great i greatly appreciate it oh yeah my pleasure is all mine all right i'm gonna come to lightly but i have to adjust the mix i'm having to turn obs and the music like independently for different callers because some people are quieter than others and I know Light Leap's mic works really well so go ahead Light Leap Hey, alright so um, yeah, I think regarding destination materials I think I'll take your approach that you always take we shouldn't ask the question, okay you know, there's not a lot of use for things that could have use instead of removing them, we should have the um we should demand a bit from Bungie to make them useful, you know? I think, um, again, I know for me it's always about depth, but um, mm-hmm. so many RPGs have different materials. I think it would be cool if, you know, they would have some use in the game. You would have to go to that planet and, and grab it. I don't know, it's part of the environment to me. But I agree, right now they're not useful. I wish they would become useful. And I'm not going to say crafting, but I'm sure there's more creative <laughs> solution fitting to the to the Destiny universe. Um, on another note, so uh, if we're getting a new engine and uh, Stasis coming in, and especially Stasis being on weapons, do you think that would free Bungie up to actually give us elemental primaries? Hmm. Because, um, I mean, the concern you know people have, or maybe Bungie has, like, oh, it's going to be too easy if you have your whole loadout basically equipped to have uh, for all elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, now we would have four elements in the game. Um, do you think that's something that might be we might be seeing in uh, Beyond Light? I mean, it's certainly something that I called for because I said, you know, right now you can run all three elements, your your secondary, your heavy, and your subclass. You can run all three. You're not going to be able to run all four unless they do what you just said. Uh, and I actually like that. I like the idea of having all the elements. I don't... Osmosis, I think, clearly showed that there's not some sort of game-breaking trivialization uh, when you suddenly can run Arc Solar Void on all your weapons. Um, Part of the reason for that is so many heavies are now relegated to damage that a lot of the times a lot of the times people don't even use their let's say you have a Void Heavy you're going to tend to save it because you might be like, well, I'm, I want to save this for the boss. I know when I'm running Xenophage maybe I'm a little bit more free with it because it hits so hard, but even though you can run secondary heavy in your subclass, you uh, you know you still I think are not quite engaging with the you know the challenge of shields and stuff um, in in a way that you feel like you're sort of empowered with freedom. You're really limited. I mean, because somebody in Keely is saying you can run now on three weapons alone. Yeah, if you run Osmosis and you have to run a complementary subclass. So if your weapon of choice think about it like this, like when you go into a strike and it's void burn, you're going to want to run a void heavy and probably a void subclass. Why? Well, the subclass is for the milestone. Also, especially if you're like Nova, Nova warlock, you want your void heavy and your, and your void super. You want them both kind of at, at full strength. And so I don't want to be like, Oh, if I want to run three, then the only way I'm going to run three is I got to switch then off of either a void heavy or off of a void subclass. That just doesn't. I just don't feel like that. That adds to the feeling of choice and liberty, and and you know, enjoying the you know your sense of um, 
you know, your your choice and your loadout thing is it feels almost like they're coercing uh they're coercing you into in into like making the choice. And so I think it's going to get potentially uh potentially worse when they add stasis cuz there'll be stasis shields. Uh there'll be stasis um There'll be there'll be stasis uh, enemies and there'll be stasis weapons and so I think it's going to get really really muddled if you can't run all three. Now I think the real question would be, what if we are getting darkness subclasses th- three total and stasis is the first, right? I don't know wh- what that would look like. Would because if we do get two more darkness subclasses, uh, then I think that would mean they'd either have to be elemental base like stasis is another element in the way that this the way they're treating it right you know it's going to be on guns and stuff so that could get kind of complicated too if our theory is correct and we're going to get like a darkness subclass from the drifter and then like a, another one from uh another one from you know um, a stranger i'm sorry that might get kind of muddled it might kind of be like you know what how many could you possibly have in, in given pieces of content? Now, obviously, um, uh, obviously, if you're if you're setting up the content appropriately, you could go into content where uh, stasis. Let's say we get a taken ability and taken guns, so it would be stasis taken and stasis taken, solar and void, no arc. Like, they'd almost have to be very, very intentional about what elemental shields and elemental enemies show up in content so that you don't feel, you don't feel what we're feeling right now. I think there's plenty of grounds to bring back elemental primaries, especially if stasis is the beginning of more elements coming to the game, more subclasses, more weapons coming to the game. Um, I think it, uh, I think it, it would be it would it'd be totally reasonable and doable to do it. And I think that helps homogenize a system where we would go back to the primary, secondary, heavy, which I think is better, um, but I don't think I'm going to get my wish. At the, le- at the very least, I would love to get a, a return uh, of elemental primaries. Um, that's interesting, actually, because wh- what do you think of the lore theory? It's also based, apparently, in the lore that um, the elements are based on the four fundamental forces, right? We electromagnetism gravity strong interaction weak interaction and with stasis we're finally seeing the fourth weak interaction which would mean that stasis would be the only darkness subclass yeah yeah so um i think uh i don't know i think there's this would i'm open to have more subclasses obviously uh, i was that kind of negates also my question i was thinking in the terms of as you said right now you can at least with your subclass have all three elements covered and in order to have basically the same experience kind of you would need to have elemental primaries right in addition to your uh to your uh um in addition to your subclass um on a different thing how would you so do you think new light or is going to change um based on uh the new stasis, uh, the, the new engine, and the sales point, I kind of think like, okay, they not, no, don't want to do a D3 for now, but how do you do, do you think, because it's always harder to sell something, right, right, of a game that's ongoing, right? They would really have yeah. to new, revamp the new light experience. Do you think that 
um, uh, that kind of influences how much of an upgrade we're getting. Because uh, how does it going to work? Like the new, okay, are, are they going to go a new light players? Is still going to be like this free entry point where you can still go, for example, to Europa without purchasing Beyond Light? Yeah, I think they're they 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 called it something. They're restructuring it, and it's all going to be different. Like new light, they might even give it a new name because they. They said something in the in the the most recent TWAB where they uh, in the most recent TWAB where they outlined all the things you're moving. They talked about that and they called it something very very specific. Um, let's see. I don't know if I can pull it up. I, I, I the, they called it like a campaign experience or a new. Oh, somebody in chat help me out. I'll have to scroll all the way to the bottom here. I mean, they even acknowledge in Luke Smith's one director's cut, they said that, you know, the 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 new light experience needs to be completely overhauled. Um, because they they had they said they underestimated the number of people that were gonna be coming in and trying out the game uh, you know, brand new and that was gonna that was gonna obviously um, you know, cause some issues with respect to it wasn't really clear what you were supposed to do. People were talking about how there was a lot of you know questions that they had that weren't really answered. Um, right here, we are building uh, a new expanded Guardian origin story on the Cosmodrome that you will that will launch alongside Year Four, and you'll be able to, to it will be available for all Guardians to play. So it sounds like New Light is changing shape, and there's gonna there's something called a Guardian origin story that will basically begin on the Cosmodrome. I I, I would imagine. Um, that would then springboard into uh, tutorial-esque things like strikes, you know, infusion and all the rest. So, um, yeah, new light is obviously going to take a new shape because of stuff leaving. Uh, and it even it even looks like they're they're going to call it maybe something else as well. Okay. So, well, interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to what Bungie has in store. All right. Thanks. That's an, that's that's it from from me. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that uh, that response about the campaign stuff was down in the, the the questions. They asked like three questions in the TWAB, and that was all the way uh, down there. So uh, let's see. If I know Avenger, um, I know Avenger is uh, wanting to go last, so I'm pretty sure Wolverine is next. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Lono, how are you today? Good, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. I uh, hope everyone on Discord and on YouTube is having a great day as well. Um, so the talk about a new engine, or at the very least an upgraded one, has been mentioned plenty of times. And with a new generation of hardware on the horizon, we can expect to have new changes geared towards the contemporary. Now with the upgrades of hardware, the developers are able to make changes to things on a much greater scale. One area I would like to target is the sandbox. Do you feel that sunsetting should be a part of the solution, not just the sole element to handle the sandbox? What do you feel can be changed within the current sandbox? And then I have something to follow up in relation to that topic. Okay, yeah. So I made a video called What Sunsetting Won't Do. And I think I think in that video, I touched on the fact that sunsetting is not a catch-all for balance. Like it's not, it's not supposed to be how they enforce balance. And the reason for that is Garden Variety Crucible 
and just garden variety PVE will never experience a sunset. So you can't have busted, broken, stupid weapons just running amok in the crucible and say, well, sunsetting is going to take care of it. So I don't think, and even in their mind from a design perspective, that like that's a free pass on balance and sandbox. As far as sandbox goes, this is this is to be a dream for PvP players especially. Well, actually, everybody. If these if these technical updates, if these potential engine updates that we think are coming in light of all the things I outlined as well as asked across this video, if that happens, if we could get to a place where they could tweak weapons separately, it would be a freaking dream come true. They could finally create crazy nutso weapons that don't break Crucible. They could tune Crucible appropriately. You could suddenly make scouts ridiculously awesome and strong, and it wouldn't ruin Crucible. Like, you could do what we've been asking. So, like, when you're like, what would I love to see done in the sandbox? Uh, make scouts not suck, because they do. Make rockets not suck, because they do. And then give PvP really, really good, consistent balance changes that doesn't upset all of us over here on the PVE side. That's that would be my hope is that they get to a place where they can finally do it separately because I'm fairly certain it was Josh Hamrick who said the way the guns exist in Destiny, they cannot tune them for PVE and PVP separately very easily. What and not a lot of people know this, and so I try to I try to bring it up as much as I can whenever this comes up. When they give a gun a buff in PVE only, they actually go in and at an enemy level they say miners are gonna take more damage from this weapon. Majors will take more damage from this weapon. It's almost like it, they they essentially They go do off it. the numbers. They go off the numbers. So Yes. Yeah, they don't turn Yeah, they don't turn a dial on the weapon itself. They say these weapons are more susceptible taking they will take more damage from this weapon. A good example of this in the reverse would be when they discovered the lanterns in Leviathan were taking too much damage from Wardcliff Coil, they didn't nerf Wardcliff Coil, they told the lanterns to take less damage from the Wardcliff Coil. So they do it at, a, at an enemy level. That's actually really difficult and really arduous, which is why they don't do it all that often. And my hope would be sandbox tuning could start to get a split so that PvP can get its due as well as we don't disrupt PvE fun. Now, to your to your best insight and your best experience within the current PvP sandbox, is there anything off the top of your head that you could probably point to that needs to be either addressed or looked at? I mean, I said scouts and rockets and PvP. Well, minus, minus maybe maybe currently that's a little too overpowered. Not necessarily things that need help. Oh, if something's too overpowered. Uh, auto rifles feel a little absurd the last time I played Crucible. I'm not a big Crucible guy, but they feel a little silly. Um, the, 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 I, mean, I was getting killed from, like, pulse range uh, by auto rifles. It's just something something felt off there. Um, I don't want auto rifles to get nerfed into the ground. They're great weapons, but mm-hmm. they're, they're, they seem a little absurd. Uh, I think the ceiling for them is a little low, and I think that's okay. But um, at the same time, I feel like it's all honed in on the 600 RPM. You know, there's not enough love going around to all the RPMs. So True. I feel like that's a, a, a good critique uh, on, on auto rifles more specifically. What is your uh, take quickly on um, the mountaintop and that sunsetting technically won't necessarily mm-hmm. stop the mountain, mountaintop from running Rampage within the normal playlist within the Crucible? Yeah, 
they'll they'll never say this, but I'll say it for them. Mountaintop shouldn't exist. Like they, they <laughs> you know, Luke Smith admitted that the, they should not have brought the whisper back, whisper of the worm. He's like that gun shouldn't exist. I don't think that the mountaintop should exist. I think it's stupid. Um, as a weapon, with the way that we had the vertical, the vertical agility that we have, especially hunters, I think makes mountaintop just a stupid weapon to be in the game. Um, yeah. And I, it, I, I genuinely don't know very many people that would really, if they, if you really pressed them, would disagree with you on that. Like even if they love using it, I think they'd eventually concede. Yeah, this is kind of dumb. Like I'm never gonna stop using it. It's so freaking effective. Uh, and it's just, it's just absurd. So yeah, maybe make it an exotic. I don't know. I, that that seems like a, whew, that seems like a heck of a swing. But at least, at least that would help. But I mean, honestly, people would still run it. I mean, it, it doesn't. How many people are really? Are they really running it with an exotic anyway? Because it's going in the primary slot. A lot of the primaries that you would typically see somebody come in with an exotic are in that slot. I've seen people run it with like Devil's Ruin. That's been one popular go around, but not necessarily an exotic, so to speak, with that just because it's taking up the kinetic spot. I, I, I feel like my biggest gripe currently within something that's not going to be sunsetted, more specifically within the exotic realm, the Bastion. I don't know what your opinion might be on it. I think, uh, I think it's lethality is okay if we're not going to alter the fact that one of those bursts can take out a guardian which gives it three guardian kill potential we gotta we gotta reduce that range it it, it can map people it 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 maps people and people argue it's it's a fusion rifle but that that gun is the, the gun's broken i uh i absolutely agree and we can see why it is it's it's just go to the meta report within destiny trials and you see it's all over the place and mm-hmm. i that's just my biggest uh, gripe i don't know if you see any particular problem with either that gun or any other exotic because it's an exotic and because it's green ammo i would maybe try to attack it from the side and say it's okay if it's if it's got that lethality maybe it should get less ammo um maybe it should i, I don't know i I don't know if it's invalidating close quarters fighting because there's some stupid shotguns in this game. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, they're, they're, the shotgun range. In this it reminds game, me of Lord of Wolves, like the, the the consistency. It reminds me of Lord of Wolves. Just yeah, and Lord of Wolves. I mean, there was just nothing stopping it. It had so much ammo in, on spawn. I, you know, I think that maybe you could attack it from the side. Um, I don't know enough to say what what the right change would be if one is needed because chat's kind of split on this some are saying ah oh, bastion's fine number one it's an exotic number two you know it requires that you know uh that 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 risk of getting close and a lot of people are running around with shotguns um so i would maybe you could do a moderate change to its ammo maybe it's getting more use because its ammo economy is too generous i do think people tend to gravitate towards guns where ammo economy um, is in well, a I feel like it's spot. being used because the skill ceiling is very low. It's it's got potential yeah. to just wipe out all a guardian, whether you're at mid range to close range, the ability to take out rushers. I, I'm not I'm not saying nerf it to the ground. I just don't think it should be shooting that far. It shouldn't be mapping people. I I, I don't even have a problem with the air until doing what it's doing. I have a problem with specifically the bastion with what it's doing. I don't I don't want to. Uh, dig too much unless you had more to add on to it i just had one more follow-up i would only throw in one more thing that sniping on controller feels stupid like it's it feels aimbot like i hit snipes all the time and i'm like i didn't hit that like the game did that for me i think they need to look at that um i think sniping on controller really hurts some map flow on some of the maps 
Um, I think it. This is going to sound weird. I think the the ease of sniping in this game has led to the rise in third person peeking. Um, and so I think I I don't think you can really put some of that back in the box. But I think sniping on controller actually promoted especially once we were on widow's court it really pushed the third person peaking meta mm-hmm. uh to be more prominent because people between got the, s- sick yeah, of getting sniped swords and then emotes absolutely yeah oh, yeah 100 right on that um uh given uh the update or possible one or even new altogether within the engine do you think this gives or allows destiny more intangibles to give us some more quote-unquote space weapons like you uh, like to call them i hope so i hope so i mean i would think uh, with what we've seen with just with stasis and creating ice and suppression and like stopping and blocking setting traps those sorts of things that to me is like ooh, we could get some stasis exotics or stasis weapons that do thing that remember what i said what's the weapon do instead of like oh what's the damage perk so like give me more space magic yes give me a trace rifle that is an ice beam give me uh you know fusion rifles that i don't know put ice spikes on the ground and when enemies run over it it slows them and hurts them you know what i'm saying like give me give me space magic and i think we're seeing maybe their first step into that with stasis and because i've always said this i mean i love the feel of a hand cannon and a shotgun but it's like i'm playing <laughs> playing destiny man can i run around with something that's a little more you know futuristic, futuristic. you know yeah, yeah. and took the words out of my mouth so oh that's that, that's great thoughts great thoughts i uh i i kind of was keen that you would be more open to the fact of more space weapons and i think that we're a little bit more deserved i think the ruinous effigy was a great segue into what we're going to be walking into and uh, i think more weapons along not necessarily a trace rifle but more weapons with unique talents to them intrinsic intrinsically or outside and i definitely think that we should have more weapons that have the uh the champion mods as well intrinsically yeah agreed but yeah. thanks again Leno. i really appreciate all your time man yeah man thanks for calling in oh and uh one last thing i want to give a quick uh shout out to your uh can't wait for the um repeat theater oh can't wait. thank you i hope everyone's excited about it i really can't wait to jump into the mcu with everybody yeah when i was taking my notes last night for stranger things and halfway through i was like i told my wife i was like babe this show's gonna be so fun to do with people because it's you're I'm watching the the movies and the shows with a different part of my brain turned on, and it's just really, really fun. I'm I'm Absolutely. looking forward to it. It's always great to dive in and and exchange thoughts with with peers on things that you're passionate about. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Take awesome, care, dude. man. Thanks. All right, Avenger, we're coming. Excuse me, we're coming to you. Over here, asking yeah. for special treatment, wanting to go last. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I, I really wanted to talk about, because we had a discussion about this, I would say, about 3 a.m. last night uh, in the Discord chat, uh, talking about stuff. Um, the one thing that I kind of noticed when talking about this is that we have the confirmed at least install size for Beyond Light. Uh, I believe they said around 120 gigabytes on mm-hmm. Steam. And right now, uh, through Steam, it says it's around 97 gigabytes with Bungie removing, uh, we put around an estimate of about 40% of content in the game currently. Um, you know, it could be less, could be more. That's what we're shot at. Uh, and then the... Hello? 
did you did you DC I think I'm fine my internet's fine you guys are still typing in discord did he yeah you could hear him still I'm talking still that was so weird you just went dead quiet for me okay keep going I'm so sorry you literally went dead quiet for me yeah what did I cut out on for you uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. I'll, I'll restart. I'll restart. So, um, like I said, we were talking about uh, uh, install size. Yeah, and, install size. Install size. Perfect. Um, so you know what? what One twenty gigabytes there, and it's ninety-seven right now. And with Bungie removing forty percent of the content, mm-hmm. um, that's an estimate, obviously. Uh, with the content that we're bringing in, do you think that? the engine change could also could also attribute to the amount of size that we're getting because if we're moving all this content and obviously it's not going to be hidden behind you know code like they did with d1 it's not going to be hidden and like put away it's it's going to be gone the whole point of them is to reduce the game size is what they at least told us uh do you think that this is attributed to possibly a new engine being implemented or do you think that beyond light size is just that massive yeah I, I I would want to go back and say let's analyze how much install size did we get when we got uh, Forsaken. It'd be cool to go back and look at that. Um, somebody's saying it could just be reserve space. Yeah, I don't know because to me it's like the, the I don't think the engine takes up a ton of I don't think it takes up a ton of space. I would think that maybe it's because they're adding a massive massive planet it does seem weird that the install size would go up while you're removing content i mean again maybe it is reserve space that they're going to be adding and activating and opening things as they go um it could be graphical assets yeah i mean we don't know how many new graphical assets they're going to have to add just because of ice i mean that could be a, that could be pretty um significant uh, you're misunderstanding when they said make the game smaller. They're gonna write the code for the game, and because of that, it's like it's starting over. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't know. I mean, it is a big jump on the install size. Why would that be happening when you're removing? I mean, the Leviathan itself is massive, and then four planets, and then and then menagerie, and the forges, and reckoning. I mean, it's a it's so much stuff that's getting removed. I think it's a great question. It really is. Why would the install size go up when we're removing so much? I think that's that's a, that's a question that I don't have a good answer for at the moment. I don't know why that would be happening. The another thing that I was thinking about is especially with them, you know, if they're removing content, something like prophecy, and they're trying to, they're doing backend things to make it better. And if these, if if say a new engine is being implemented, a lot of the assets in these libraries have to be removed and updated to the new engine to be compatible with whatever they're doing with it. I believe that's what Aztecross was talking about, how you know they have to basically pull them out, reprogram them and change all of that to then put it back in. And maybe since they already did that to certain planets that already, you know, they were already thinking, well, we need to back end these ones because these are gonna be our new content. We need to make sure this gets implemented into the game with the new engine. Possibly that could also attribute to the amount of size that the download will be I mean that's that's possible too that EDZ is going to take up more space come November because of whatever they're doing to it maybe they're adding just updating or adding new audio files maybe they're making it bigger maybe they're expanding it I, again that would be a reason I would think how do you net 
net install size increase when you're removing the Leviathan and four planets and all we're getting is Europa and the Cosmodrome. I, it, think about it like this. Let's just say, because people are like, Europa's huge. Even if Europa was equal to the size of the Leviathan and what, maybe another planet, that still leaves three planets and some of those encounters like Reckoning and the Forges that are also getting removed. Like, I can't see, I can't see it. It's weird to me that they're netting an increase in install size while removing just a massive amount of stuff. It's just, it doesn't, something is, I don't know, something's happening if that's the case. If we're getting, what, what, what were the numbers? Is it like a 20 gig net increase? Is that what you said? It's like a 20 to a 27 net increase? Yeah, it's, I think it's a 20, I think it's a 23 um, increase. And also, no, the install size is always going to be bigger than the amount of storage size. There's always a big difference there, but it's, it still doesn't change the fact that even if you're removing that much content and you put in Europa, it should be less than the base gigabytes and what you have and it's not it, it's not by any means it's more yeah i mean because people are saying the biggest factor in size is audio files new effects voice lines big campaign it could you know what i i, I might have to put put it on that to say that but they're removing campaign too you see so it's like why wouldn't there be a trade here how much campaign do you really think we're going to get they're literally removing entire planets and their entire campaigns all the audio files all the locations all the cutscenes gone um three stasis subclasses uh (laughs) i don't know they said they need to ground they need to ground the engine to fix it i don't know where same engine with new coding and tools are you I don't know where you're getting that. I mean, did if you got inside information, I don't know. Yes, this is this is a, a great it's a great observation. How we net a larger install size when you're literally removing all the audio files and size for Leviathan and Mercury, Mars, Titan, uh, and an IO. I just I don't know. The biggest thing, it, it, in either way, it looks it looks like especially with this. So if we look at this and say, okay, well, if it's just Beyond Light, like if we're not getting a new engine, it's just Beyond Light, Beyond Light has to be huge then. Like there has to be some massive things that they're putting into the game. It, it's not just something, it's not just a Forsaken DLC. It, it has to be huge. And if that's the case, that's amazing. But if they're also implementing a new engine or upgrading the current engine and having these assets and all these programming issues be fixed with the new engine, and that's why it's also causing more space, that's also another positive with that thing. I don't see this aspect being pointed as to a negative of it being bigger, but at the same time, you know, I, I because we're cycling out content, I feel like the download size for at least this uh, expansion, at least through the whole year, once we hit that year, I feel like it's going to stay consistent for the next two three two three years. Yeah, like, did we... What was the install size when we got Forsaken? Because that added new supers, didn't it? That added... That was when we got Blade Barrage, Code of the Missile, and uh, Chaos Reach, right? I mean, it... No, wait. We got... We got three for each. Yep. We got It was only at 53. It was a required 68 to download and install, but the file size once installed is only 53 gigabytes. 
because you literally you, you literally got a new it was nine new supers nine new sound effects and subclasses if you think about it I mean we got we got spectral blade barrage and whirlwind guard like you got three on hundred you got three on all of them so like that that's more than everybody getting stasis now again stasis is pretty complex and it's gonna have more customization more bubbles or whatever to choose from but gee many christmas like it's just stasis on each character we got more than that in the past i know it's a completely new element but people were talking about the visual effects and the sound effects taking up tons of space there was all new visual and sound effects for nine supers that landed in the game with forsaken and i i don't the game did the game net that big of an install jump uh would be 10 gigabytes to forsaken from Warmind to Forsaken, it was a 10 gigabyte jump. That's unbelievable. I don't, I don't want to get us all whirled up into a hurricane of hype here, but that's insane to me. So you're removing four planets in the Leviathan. The Leviathan is literally the single largest, <laughs> the single largest space in the freaking game, and we're netting a 20, a 23 gig increase in install size. I don't understand how that's possible. I, I don't. It's got it's it's got to be absolutely massive, or the campaign is just absurd in size, cutscene, and dialogue, and it's just taking up a dumb a dumb amount of space. But that I don't know why they would do that. I thought they were shifting away from a massive campaign focus anymore. I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to get a good campaign in the expansion, but I don't know. A lot of people also talk. They and this is what I was talking to disc uh, in Discord with. Um, we were talking about how you know some people might think it'd be the same thing they did with the launch of destiny one where they tied the content of um dark below they put it in the game but all they had to do was just you know allow us to play it like it was still all in the game and it was all kind of ready to go they they believe that then that's kind of what they're doing they're basically putting a big caution tape over that code like saying you can't access this but it's still mm-hmm. in the game a lot of people are saying that that's um the reason behind it it's 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 possible it's possible that there's so much coming in year four that we're not going to see it in beyond light i mean we know strikes are coming back what if venus is coming back what if i i don't know why they would put that much in the game in september of 2020 if it doesn't come to fruition until the next year that seems kind of stupid given given what we know about development cycles that aren't even attached to bungie given what we know about development cycles at companies like what could they really have loaded and ready to go right now that won't show up until like end of next year that seems kind of dumb unless it's just containers of some kind or something like spaces or or as you said that you know there were those spaces built out for dark below but we couldn't get into them and there were no enemies back there um i i don't know this is this is a whole new observation that i didn't even i, I hadn't been made yet i didn't know about this until right now i was assuming that the game would basically be roughly the same size if not smaller cuz we're losing so much it 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 would stand to reason that Europa and Cosmodrome, a raid and maybe a dungeon, two strikes. That is not equal to look how many maps they're vaulting, look how many strikes they're vaulting, look how many planets, campaigns, adventures, audio files, all vaulted. And it's like, <laughs> and, we're, and the game's gonna be larger. I, I don't know. Either it's either it's a typo, a mistake, a placeholder, or something. I don't want to get us into this place where we think all of a sudden Beyond Light's going to be the biggest thing to ever happen to Destiny. But I mean, Luke Smith did say we were not prepared. Now, some people say, "Well, that was a World of Warcraft reference," but 
But still, I don't know. Maybe we're not prepared. Maybe it is going to be. As I said so many times, you would only create this level of vacancy in a game because you're going to fill it. And maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, that's really all I wanted to bring up. Because that point right there just was like, something doesn't add up. And there's only like a few things that can make sense in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I agree with what somebody in chat saying. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. We've been picking up the breadcrumbs for what we think are technology or engine updates, right? We've been picking up those breadcrumbs. Asked across releases his video, and then all of a sudden people are like, wait a minute, why is the install size getting so big in light of all that we're losing? Like, I think we're weaving together a pretty a pretty good tapestry here of like, Beyond Light's going to be a turning point potentially for the franchise, and I, I, I hope we're... I hope we're smelling the Thanksgiving dinner that we hope we're smelling and it's not just like a TV dinner that smells great. Like, I really hope we get into the kitchen we're like, oh my gosh, there's so much food. There's so much that they've done. Because, I mean, a TV dinner can smell pretty good. It can kind of trick you, right? I hope what I hope what we're figuring out and smell, sniffing out here. Now, wait, hang on. This is really good information. It could come down to updates to the textures themselves. That is true. We are looking at 4K textures potentially being added that would be a significant increase to install size. That's I wonder, that's a really, really good piece of input to, to add to the discussion of Kuda Papa. That could be part of something that we're missing, is that we're, in, we're downloading potentially larger um, texture files than we've ever had because of what they're going to try to do on these new, uh, these new consoles. Even then, that's still, like, if you look at the amount of content that's being removed from at least year two and year three, or year one and year two, right? And this is not even including uh, certain things. Like I'm just completely excluding year two just to give space for like the engine and all other things. You're looking at 48 gigabytes, right? That's about half the game right there. That's a little under half. Mm -hmm. You have to take that away and then also add another 20 something gigabytes to that. 4K textures do add a lot, yes, but they don't add almost 70 gigabytes of content to that i wouldn't i wouldn't think so somebody could do a study on what the difference of borderlands install now it's not that's not a perfect science but you could see like when you went and got that texture update the 4k texture update to borderlands did it was it an incredibly absurd amount of you know was it an was it an absurd amount of file size you know increase that, that right there it just it just doesn't add even if you're adding the 4k textures it still doesn't add up for the size to be increased that much i don't know though cuz wheezy's right they are huge texture files and if you include existing planets europa all the subclasses ev- i mean it's everything it's every thread every gun every shader i mean that's that's a potential just that 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 could be really like i said i don't want to get us all spun up into a hurricane of hype there could be an actual technical reason that is that we uh i guess the question would be does the install size are we seeing that same language used for the older consoles you know I think they would be the truer that that would be the truer test what's the install size jump for Xbox 1 and PS4 if we can get that information, we might have our answer. Yeah, that, that is the big thing. I think there's too many unknowns, but it's always 
I wanted to bring it up because it is a point to look at where it's, you know, what's going on here at this side. You know? mm-hmm. I, I went back and made sure in your talk that I didn't, that you didn't bring this up. So no. when you didn't, I was like, oh, I'm going right at it with him. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good observation and, and good potential, good potential answer or theory from the 4k texture thing but uh we'll have to wait and see again what we got a lot to talk about this week because they're going to be doing a um they're going to be doing their their stream at gamescom so uh thanks for calling in avenger and that is it for vip call-ins if you're listening to this and you're like man that was dope i'd love to call in remember you can do that by becoming a paying member here on the channel if you're on youtube click join click vip and you can take advantage of early access to q a the vip lounge as well as uh, vip call-ins if you prefer to use patreon just go to sntrpresents.com and pick from those tiers as well as always if you're listening or watching in the other locations you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com we're going to keep on streaming live but if you are listening to this as a past broadcast or recording Please like, share, and subscribe.